Hey, we just recorded a four-hour episode, but we forgot to do an intro, and we need a place to put the music, so here's the Stephen Paddock episode. I, it would be so annoying if I was like, did like an intro, like ding ding, floor one, ding ding, <laughs> floor two, <laughs> ding ding, all the way to floor, floor thirty two. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. You should That'd do, be- you should do like a shitty like serial intro where it's like, you know, Janice Munch thought that she was gonna win some slot machines, that she was gonna maybe call her estranged husband who worked at the battery clinic in Lamont, Georgia. She didn't imagine she would be killed, and then just do an entire like in every episode about a different person who got shot. Yeah, well, there are I believe uh, four hundred and fifty-one of them, so going to be a long season. Yeah, um, no, you get you get Stitcher to pay by the episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your elevator is here. There is an L bracket at the door, and you cannot get in. No, that didn't make any sense. Um. <laughs> I feel, you know what I have to say, as I've been researching this like a mad woman for really what feels like my entire life, this this episode that we're about to do feels like a return to form. Like, we're getting back in the weeds, you know, I'm reading all about lizard brains, I'm reading about psychotropic CIA weapons, Brace, at one point you texted me this weekend asking if you needed to go over Area 51 stuff. Like, it's all here. It's yeah. all here, I almost baby. went to Vegas this weekend. You asked me if you wanted to we, go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Can I come? I miss it. I fucking miss it. You've I, been to one of the sites that this... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, do, let's do the introductions. My name, of course, Mandalay Brace, a.k.a. Prince of Paddock. Uh, I am joined by... Liz, hi. And... Hello, I am Felix Biederman. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, producer Young Chomsky, the podcast is called True of Non, Port of Call, Las Vegas. Liz? Yes. Oh, you, uh, I figured you'd say something right there. Oh, okay. Hi. We've been, okay, so I have to say, a lot of people have been asking us for this episode since we started the podcast. Yes. This has Basically, been- they were like, okay, this Epstein stuff is interesting. Okay, it's kind of cute how you guys talk about stuff that maybe is, you know, some people like to hear about, CIA stuff, Nazis, whatever. When are we getting the Paddock episode? Yeah. Well, today you're getting the Paddock episode. We had to bring in uh, my, uh, my, my, my personal gambling mentor, somebody who has walked me through every casino from the ones in the deep desert of the Southwest that have unpronounceable names, all the way to the ones that bands play in Atlantic City. Felix Biederman here to uh, to to join us on this journey to to Mandalay Bay. Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, this is like obviously this is the thing we're talking about. It's pretty open and shut. There's nothing like really that weird about yeah. it or anything. It's just like it happened, and you know, we just got to post like the mental health line. If you have mental health, call this phone number from the Logic song. Exactly. But, uh, the real story here is, you know, gambling. Yeah. And I consider myself sort of a Jedi of gambling, whereas the perpetrator of this crime was more like the Dark Vader of gambling. <laughs> Absolutely. The thing about gambling is if you do it enough, the odds are that you will win. Like, 
Yeah. That's, that's why you have to work, right? Yeah, you have to start really young. <laughs> And that's the problem. Paddock started kind of yeah. late in life, mm. and he realized he did the numbers, and he was a numbers guy. That if he gambled, kept gambling, it would be probably twenty more years until he made it several million dollars back. So, yeah, that's the thing. They they want to get you out of the casino. That's why they give you all that soda, so you have to go to the ga- bathroom, and we'll stop gambling. But the thing is, they don't expect someone who's been drinking soda their entire life. Exactly, and and Paddock like, like me had. or Brace, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Paddock. And yeah, you, if you're like pacing yourself with your sodas, you can stay in there, you know, 15, 16 hours and oh, you are absolutely. eventually going to walk away with the house. The house always loses. Yeah. People always think the phrase is the house always wins, but that's apocryphal. It, 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 one of, one of the first gambling quotes by Sophocles is the house always loses in the end. Have you guys uh, spent time in Vegas? No. I, I've been to Vegas multiple times. Um, I had a really sad year in 2020. I only got to go gambling twice. I considered the entire week where I was in Vegas one gamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love places where they're gambling. The, yeah, me too. The heavy oxygen air is good for me. I, I like just walking around blowing obnoxious vape clouds of like cloudy melon uh, schizoid BPD blast. Um, I just I like the atmosphere. I like paying $7 for Aquafina. <laughs> It's just I'm I've never been in a bad mood in a gambling place. I've yeah. always I've, I've always had a blast. I went to Reno last February ostensibly to canvas for Bernie, but I spent not a one hundred percent of my time gambling and winning uh, in the casinos there. I also saw uh, Mayor Bill De Blasio there um, and left when I did. He's disrespected by the gambling community. Absolutely, yeah, he wasn't in a casino. He was next to a post office. Um, I will say that the, the, the Vegas shooting, we, we wanted to do an episode on this because um, it, it is, you know, famously and basically only famous for being the largest mass shooting in U.S. history. Uh, something like, I think, 867 people were injured, uh, not all, about half of those only by gunfire, but the other half, you know, trampling and stuff like that. Uh, 61 people died. And, and I want to say like, you know, 450 something people shot by bullets. Paddock fired something like 1200 rounds. And that's like a 40%. I mean, not exactly, but somewhere around there in the area of 40% hit ratio, and which is insane, especially from a distance like that. Um, and, and it, it, you know, it was this, it was this big deal for about two days. And then <laughs> yeah, ISIS like- t- turned out not to have done it. And then they banned bump stocks <laughs> and that was it. That's the thing that's like so I think that really like trips people up including myself about the Vegas shooting is that it's the biggest mass shooting in America and yet not only does it have like is it like the not really in any kind of collective memory like there's no like huge memorial site there's no like this is not like every year people talk about it I mean this is like a this is a fucking huge huge deal and it's been kind of completely not erased, but quieted from like our kind of collective memory. And that includes, and this is really interesting to me, that includes the like lack of a kind of truth or community around it. There are like, a, and we'll get into this, there's like adjacent kind of cue interest because of when it happened, but it's not known like some of the other shootings for having like robust, crazy truth or stuff involved, like it, like Sandy Hook or, you know, other like kind of mass casualty events it's it, there isn't like a lot like there's no like big internet community that you can like point to where it's those are the people that you 
that will tell you the stuff on the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think so. Like when I was getting ready for this episode, first of all, I want to say like shout out to Daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dad. Shout like, out friend friend of your guys' the show. Just a fucking great account. Great person. Yeah, Daddy Daddy rocks. Roy too. Uh, Roy's the man. Yeah. Roy's the fucking man. Roy's the only guy who tweets like 700 times a day and I will never mute. Yeah, ever. That's <laughs> ever. power. Fucking credit to that a, a soldier. Truly powerful soul. Yeah, Roy rocks, man. Roy's also been – shout out to Roy for cooking some good-ass looking dinners. Yeah, true. But yeah, You're, Daddy, Daddy yeah. and Roy helped with this episode a, a little yeah. bit and uh, yeah. I, I, I want to extend heartfelt thanks to them. Yeah, they're – yeah, they both rock. But yeah, Daddy I, – I like asked Daddy like – she was like the first person I thought of to ask about stuff for this. And she sent me like tons of completely like, you know, even like DNC Snopes fact checkers would be like, all right, this is an actual news article from a news website. And then she was like, okay. And here for, here for fun is like, you know, some stuff from like above top secret and shit. Yeah. And I noticed that they, yeah, there's no cohesive thing. Like the only like one I've seen more than, two people latch onto is the Mohammed bin Salman one, which yeah. makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Zero it's sense. Fun. Yeah, it's, I like it it's, though. It's fun, <laughs> but it's like, man, that's stupid. Uh, but I, I, um, I think the reason there is no like unified thing, like, you know, there is with Sandy hook and there is with all these other ones is because with all those other shootings, there was first like a comprehensive, comprehensive, uh, job of the media to tell you exactly what happened tell mm. you why it happened tell you everything yeah. about the perpetrator right tell you like and who okay, to blame okay, like this is like uh, uh you know may, like someone will filibuster in congress or do the opposite of the filibuster i don't know i'm like i'm going to i'm graduating ninth grade next year i'll find out what those are but uh they um there's more of a sort of monocultural version of events i guess and that causes people who are already like distrustful of that or are just prone to like reading into things or just wholesale making things up to come up with their own version of events usually it's a free market best one wins but with this one because it was like yeah two days and they're like i banned bump stocks like who gives a shit there was no like yeah like chris murphy like didn't cry or anything there wasn't anything like that i think it just no, there was no massive narrative, true or untrue, to fight against. So mm. people just kind of went all in their separate directions, which is – it's very weird because this is one of the weirdest events in American history. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the most inconclusive. I think the thing that has always sort of confounded me about the Vegas shooting is that unlike a lot of the other really prominent mass shootings that have happened in the past 10 or even the past five years, uh, you know – Obviously, there's some big differences. Like, you know, Stephen Paddock didn't go to a school and shoot up a bunch of kids. He didn't go into a church and kill a bunch of people because of racial animus or anything like that. Uh, you know, it, it was this seemingly random event. Like, he shot up when Jason Aldean was playing <laughs> across from a bunch of casinos in Las Vegas. Still don't know who that is, by the way. Uh, big, big Jason and rich. Aldean rocks. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, big and Rich also played earlier that day uh, of the... Save a horse, ride a cowboy fame, and think oh, of nice. how different history would be if they had been on stage right then. Mm. Paddock would have gotten one round out, and bam. But then. Yeah, Big and Rich have a uh, 
they have a special anti-material rifle that they bring with them to every show. <laughs> Absolutely, that yeah. They, it, it's like a you know how like there are those multiple turnkeys to launch the nukes. It's yeah. kind of like that to pull the trigger. Yeah, you and they both would, big they, and rich. Yeah, there would be nobody. Just pure red mist. Blown away. And, and, and like, there's so many, there's such a confluence of very American things about this shooting. I mean, we have, you know, the fact that it takes place in Las Vegas. It is the son of a bank robber. Uh, it, you know, the guy is a sort of like listless. I don't even know. I don't even know how to really describe Paddock, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about him. But a guy who sort of drifts from like getting into learning how to fly planes to you know being a landlord and selling houses and or flipping houses, uh, you know, to being estranged from his family, to being a gambling addict and marrying a waitress, uh, and uh, and then you know Dan Bilzerian's there, <laughs> and then like these, uh, it, it, like it's a country music festival. I mean, all of these things sort of come together. Yeah. But there's there's no simple like mode of like okay he did this because of this and there's a lot of different theories a lot of which we'll get into today uh, but the, but there's the, I think the thing that really just like rocks my shit about this this incident is that there's no like even remotely tying it up neatly in a bow. Yeah, I think uh, you were talking about how this is so quintessentially American. I think Paddock himself is he's so fascinating to me yeah. and a lot of other people because he's he's like the Ur boomer. Yeah. Like how you just described his life exactly where it's like, oh, I worked in some uh government contracting job that I can't really talk about. Now I have twenty million dollars for some reason. Now yeah, I like I was a landlord for five years. I made Ten million dollars. Yeah, I like. I go to uh, the Philippines sometimes for my wife, who's my girlfriend. I, you know, and that was the first thing we tried to latch, not latch onto, but like to just try to rationalize this. I think Matt was the first person to say this, where it was like maybe he just burned out his receptors. Yeah, and it's like you. That's like that's the least conspiratorial way of seeing it, right? Where it's like, okay, this was a guy who did everything that like a 60 something year old guy like that who grew up in that time would do that you would they would consider to be a fulfilling lifestyle and you do too much of it you just blow yourself out and it's like oh i have to shoot up a bunch of people but i mean i i could see that but it also doesn't satisfy yeah everything yeah. else about it which to be I fair to matt you know we didn't really know at the time I don't think there's anything, I don't think, you know, I don't know if we're going to get anything satisfying out of this um, and out of like exploring all the different possibilities, to be honest, or I haven't yet. I don't know. Maybe we'll come to some kind of grand conclusion at the end. Together, we'll solve the case. But before we get into all of these interesting characters and strange rhymes and synchronicities, we should just start by going over exactly what the fuck happened because the shooting happens on October 1st but stuff starts much earlier than that that we kind of have to get into yeah so Paddock reserves a room on September 9th at the Mandalay Bay Hotel now I have not been to Las Vegas since I was seven years old and my parents took me for two days for some reason but it's a pretty big fucking hotel right on the strip 43 stories for some reason, this was what's confusing. There's the Mandalay Bay Hotel, and then there's like a Four Seasons in the Mandalay Bay Hotel, which yeah. I don't know, that's some Vegas shit. But it's it's an MGM uh, Resorts International Hotel. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just like they own the like condos above it that are like res. They're called like residences. This is what like luxury hotels do. They sell the like top top floors, and I think in with another weird coincidence, a bunch of like Saudis. Yeah, <laughs> Al Walid. Yeah, Al Walid bin Talal owns a large stake in Four Seasons, and the Four Seasons again. It's like one of those rhymes in this that doesn't necessarily mean there's anything, but it's weird that it's there. The Four Seasons starts, I think, like, 3-1. I wrote it down somewhere because, yeah, three stories above where Paddock was shooting. Mm -hmm. the, and those – I looked a lot into those Four Seasons because it was interesting to me. And it's, like – it was sort of marketed as, like, a reprieve from gambling, which is, like <laughs> – it's, you're a fucking weird person. If that's like, yes, oh, I went, went to Vegas and there's all this fucking gambling. Thank God I can go to floors 35 through 47 <laughs> of one of the biggest casinos in the fucking world. But um, yeah, no, it's just another very strange thing about it. Why is it? Why is it literally three stories above? Is a slice of a hotel that's part of a chain that's owned by a very rich Saudi who was arrested. Like weeks after this event, yes, in Saudi yeah, Arabia. yeah, like, yeah, and that fuck? famous the purge, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, uh, that is. It was. It's. I mean, I, I had to hold back. I actually went to the desert this weekend uh, to to blast off some rounds, and I realized I was like two hours from fucking Vegas. I could have gone. And I really wanted to. Apparently, they did. Uh, they did like renumber the floors they change like yeah, the floor numbering system all of it uh, around so you can't like stay in the rooms it, or, yeah that, and it, that's to avoid copycats yeah 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 but it's also to avoid me staying in steven paddock's room which i think <laughs> is off limits although i realize anything is possible in vegas and like i was like i wonder if i gave a guy just like a thousand dollars if he'd let me in um i mean Probably there's not. no i mean at least at the time like in vegas that's not that much money <laughs> Fifteen hundred dollars, maybe. September twenty fifth, Paddock checks into the hotel, drives from his house in Mesquite, Nevada, which is about an hour away from Las Vegas. And I got to admit, it is a objectively baller move to be able to stay in a hotel just like an hour from your house, especially if you're not like a big drinker like Steve was. Uh, his checkout date, he sets for October 2nd, and he rolls his first suitcases up to the room. And now, a lot of hay is made about that, and that he kept going home and bringing suitcases back. And in the first, in the first sort of... Uh, you know, camera footage of him coming into the hotel. He does have a lot of bags. He has a bellhop help him, and they go up the service elevator, which I guess isn't that unusual. Um, but uh, but yeah, brings a bunch of bags into his room. Yeah, a bunch of people are like are very like fixated on this, and they think it's very weird. The only we can get into some of this like maybe a little bit later about what I think is weird about it, but. People seem to think like, oh, how could he take the service elevator? What happened? And it's like, I think it's just like the the bags were really big, so it makes more sense to go in the big elevator. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah, that was one of those things where people unfortunately revealed a tragedy that they have not spent enough of their lives gambling. And it's like <laughs> you know, if you've spent as much money in a casino as Steven Paddock had, uh or one, which makes them respect you even more. Yeah, no, like, they'll let you use the service elevator and shit yeah. like that. Like, mm -hmm. half of Vegas is, a lot of Vegas, 
a lot of that shit in Vegas is just sort of entertainment for boomers who like watched the Copacabana scene from Goodfellas and were like, that's so, that's so fucking cool. Oh, why did I have to grow up in inland empire California as an <laughs> Irish American? I want that. And then they go to Vegas and like lose $20,000 that they won't miss. And they're like, Oh, here you can, you can go to the bathroom we have in the kitchen. And they're mm-hmm. like, this is the great, I'm not going to kill my wife now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, service elevator, it's, you got a bunch of bags. It's, you know, you don't want to get in the regular elevator with schmucks like me going up to the 44th floor because, you know, I'm maybe sick of the gambling lifestyle. I want to get on the phone with a couple of my girlfriends, all that kind of stuff. You know, Paddock gets his own fucking elevator. Um, on September 26th, Paddock does something that I personally would never do, which is send $50,000 to a woman out of the country. Uh, his girlfriend, Mary Lou Danley, uh, out there in the Philippines. Now, he'd met her when she was working at a hotel in Reno, I think. And So he rolls back to Mesquite and comes back to Vegas with six more suitcases and a rolling bag. And then, bam, Belden Special gambles for eight hours. Wait, did we mention that the suitcases are full of guns? Yeah, oh yeah, we should mention that the suitcases are full of are full of rifles. <laughs> that would be that would be funny if like, yeah, there just weren't guns in the suitcase and we're just like, yeah, he had them bring in all his Dan Crichton books. Yeah. <laughs> Shorts. History Channel, yeah, History Channel World War II in color DVD mm-hmm. set. Uh uh cell phone holsters. I guess I guess actually he did have a lot of cell phones, so that would have made sense, but uh uh, yeah, so September 27th, Paddock changes rooms, which is something that I always do when I check into a hotel in case someone's following me. Uh, he says he needs a better view, which is a little little, little foreshadow there, we like to call that. Uh, he's given a suite with two rooms in the corner, and uh, that night he drives back to Mesquite where he goes to Walmart, buys a bunch of suitcases, fake flowers. I never understood this. He buys yeah. fake flowers in a, in a fucking vase and a styrofoam ball. That's – I that's going – I kept get razor blades. I, yeah. I mean, I guess I get, but like the fake flowers like really freaked me out because me like more than anything, kind of. First of all, like wouldn't a room like that have fake flowers? Exactly. Well, no, but okay. Question: Was this was he bringing the fake flowers back to Mesquite? My thing is, is that he's leaving the fake flowers for Mary Lou, perhaps back at the house. So hmm. it's in some of the pictures of the hotel room, um, at, you know, post-mortem, uh, hmm. there are fake flowers, I believe, in one of the shots. But again, like Felix said, those could just be the fake flowers that are definitely in every fucking hotel room in Las Vegas. So yeah. unknown. But also a very American thing. But actually, I will say, no, fake flowers are beloved internationally. What's the styrofoam ball for? Uh, I assumed the styrofoam ball and razor blades, I actually assumed were for like making his like weird like uh surveillance camera thing like i feel like he had some idea for that that he just didn't go through with what would it do i don't know man do i look like steven paddock but why would your brain go to that (laughs) what why would my because he only did like two things after this which was gamble and then kill a bunch of people so i assume it has to do with one of those things i know but i'm saying look there's a lot of days between what he buys at walmart and then what you know what happens well he wasn't exactly going playing squash after that well, he goes out the next day and he buys a 308 bolt action at a gun store in Mesquite, sends another 50K to the old lady in the Philippines, and then takes more suitcases and, ding, 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 his fucking laptop to the Mandalay Bay, where he spends the rest of the night gambling. So when I say Stephen Paddock is gambling, Stephen Paddock is doing possibly the most depressing form of gambling, which is video yeah. poker. Oof. 
have way you ever, more depressing than slots. Yeah, like, have, have, have yeah, you ever yeah, played somehow. it? Yeah, it sucks. Slots rock, by the way. I love slots. Yeah, they're Slots cool. rock. Video poker, totally weird. Just go play poker. I've won a lot of money on slots, including last February. Yeah. It was really fantastic. Um, but yeah, video poker seems... I, I guess it's like much more fast-paced. And apparently he would put a fucking money in there, a, a bunch of money through there every night. But like, yeah, this is not my thing. Uh, it, it seems soulless to gamble and lose against a machine. Slots are like... When you play slots, like... I have played them alone, I will admit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. most of the time, it's like you're there with your friends. You're like sort of, you're, you're standing out in a row. You're pumping each other up. You're like giving each other each other's energy. One of the greatest moments of my life was when I gave Will my energy to go on a gr- beautiful slots run when mm. we were in Vegas. And video poker is just like very isolated. You like... They don't, no one, I've never seen anyone video, po- play video poker with a friend near them. No. It sucks. It's like a mm. data entry job. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, it's in line with poker is you're playing with other yeah. people. Yeah, you know, exactly. You're at the table. That's the whole thing. You have to read other people's hands. You know, that's kind of. You can the, cheat. Yeah, counting cards. You can't count cards against a machine. Yeah, it takes out every advantage that you could have in mm. poker. Yeah. Like, yeah. like guile and wit. And lying, yeah, and the th- yeah, I will nihilistic. say like the, the like the the only thing I like about games of any kind, from like Monopoly to gambling to anything, is cheating so I can win. Mm. And Absolutely. like playing against a machine, I don't, I couldn't do that unless I could hack it somehow. Is there's no point, especially because considering, I mean, these things are fucking programmed by the casinos. You don't exactly have great odds there, at least when you're playing against some other schmuck. You know, you're playing against another loser at the fucking casino. Um, so the next day, Paddock goes back to Mesquite once again, gets four more suitcases full of guns, brings them back to Vegas, and then that night makes two complaints against his downstairs neighbor for par- or his next yeah his downstairs neighbor for partying too hard. Which I will say, <laughs> considering this is the day before he shoots four hundred almost five hundred people, uh, seems a little too on the nose. Um, That's he really is like the god of boomers yes exactly the you day get before one sh- last in yeah the day before you shoot 500 people it's like i think i smell marijuana down there yeah 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 <laughs> like, they're yeah. too loud he also goes and does another extremely uh boomer thing which is he orders two entrees for dinner he goes down to a noodle shop and gets a gets a couple of entrees um my man and uh liz he also might have gotten a prostitute yeah, it's very confusing. There's some some of the gossip pages that were covering some of the, um, you know, like the Daily Mail. There was a lot in Australia because his wife, girl, his girlfriend wife was um, actually an Australian national, even though she's also Filipino. But um, so there were a bunch of Australian, there was like a bunch of Australian gossip rags covering this. And they had um, some interviews and with some a woman who claimed to have been like basically paid like you know i don't know hired by a companion a companion i don't know what the right term what i should say for that um, a member of dsa <laughs> she accompanied paddock perhaps on this night and they had some uh text messages back and forth and he ended up getting a little desperate with her which 
It's kind of sad. Yeah, I, yeah. I gotta say, I read those text messages, and something about that story, I got. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right either. I got a heavy dose of like, like, and not to say this, you know, twice in an episode, but a little BPD off of this because mm-hmm. this woman's like, oh yeah, like Paddock, you know, basically implying that he shot five hundred people because like she wasn't responding to his text messages, and then she gets arrested for carrying a fake gun around New Zealand. <laughs> Where yeah. she said she had to relocate because, you know, to, to, because of the shooting. Because of the shoot, but no one knows who she is. She was never identified in any of these yeah. things. And like, you're carrying a fake gun around news. It seems like bullshit to me. I fucked, I fucked this guy who killed like 500 people. <laughs> <laughs> he smells like shit. He's a small dick. He's so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so next day, October 1st, day of the shooting. So Paddock opens the day with four hours of early morning gambling, and I can only imagine what was going through it. Like, do you even care if you win at that point? No, I think it's like you're just like unloading money at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, And according to the Las Vegas police report, uh, which I've read and which leaves kind of a lot of things out, but it does say that from 1423 to 2323 p.m. to 740 p.m. I'm not going to do the fucking army numbers anymore. The doors for rooms 32, 134 and 32, 135 paddocks rooms were manipulated multiple times. For example, the doors were open and closed and the deadbolt locks were engaged and disengaged several times. Now, I know you have some theories about this. My theory is he's just like fucking with the doors to see how like hard no he can close them. So my thing is, is that so the obviously the police is pulling this from Mandalay's computer systems, right? Because they're just the the doors are the little key cards and they're just yeah. reading when it's unlocked and when the deadbolt is engaged. And so if from basically in the span of like five hours, basically, I think that he's, you know, look, if we're going to get into this, if there's other people there and people are going in and out of the room, that would explain it. It doesn't seem like they don't offer any video here, which, by the way, the police and the FBI have been very cagey with providing all of that stuff. Again, we'll get into that. But there's no footage of Paddock, like, going around the casino from those hours. Um, And it doesn't make sense to keep opening and closing and opening and closing the door. And like sometimes it's deadbolted, sometimes it's not. It makes sense that he would keep it deadbolted when he's in the room. It makes sense that it would not be deadbolted when he's out of the room, in my sense. So I think that there's some missing CCTV footage that would give us maybe some more answers. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about um, with uh, I was reading a report of it when you know the thing where they talk about how he set up cameras mm. and like. They said wall banged his his campus. Yeah. And it threw through his door, which like, you know, we'll get into that later, obviously, how weird that whole thing is. But the only explanation I could think of would be like he was testing that out, but like why would he be deadbolting it multiple times? Like there is and as you said, no CCTV footage. It's you know, as you were saying, like the only footage I've seen from, you know, the cop side has been very carefully selected footage where it's like, yeah. look at these cops in the hallway. Ready yeah, yeah, yeah. To take the him body down. Cam it's footage. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very conspicuous. 
Yeah, and at some point he also goes out to the stairwell and puts an L bracket. Uh, like basically, not welds it, but like screws it shut. Screws like, it shut. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. real shoddy looking. I have to say, like I had just installed some lights in my apartment, and mm-hmm. I did a fucking better job. Than <laughs> yeah, he does, and I'm like, why didn't you do that to your doors? Like, like I don't think of he can room? drill. Yeah, I I don't get why he didn't do it like to his rooms doors either. He apparently also did it to his... That is a good question. Well, I guess because if he had to escape, but she did have an escape plan. Down a hallway? But no, he also did that to his house in Mesquite. Yeah, He also yeah, clamped yeah. it shut with an L bracket. So at around 9.40 p.m., Route 91 Harvest Festival begins the closing act, I believe, of the whole festival. A man named Jason Aldean goes on stage at 9.40 p.m., plays for about half an hour. I wrote in the notes, Big and Rich had played previously <laughs> in the afternoon. I, uh, I, uh, 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 I encourage everybody listening to this to watch the uh, Big and Rich music video for Coming to Your City, I believe it's called. It's an excellent video. They don't make them mm-hmm. like that anymore. Well, to your city. And uh, around 10 p.m., a guy named Jesus Campos... <laughs> Good old Mr. Campos comes to the 32nd floor to investigate an open door totally unrelated to Paddock of another guest room. I guess there were a couple people who just like had a door open. Yeah. So, okay. I have some questions about that. (laughs) There's Uh a lot of pausing here. So apparently, okay. So in the Las Vegas police report, what they say is that he is responding to a hot SOS, which is like the hotel internal security like system they use. A ticket that had been, you know, that went off, that or that a ticket that had been opened, that yes, someone had left a door open. Now, mm-hmm. in the days following the shooting, an unnamed security guard was talking to the press. He used to work for Mandalay, and he was like, first of all, there's no alert that goes off if a door is left open. Can you imagine how many fucking alerts there would be? Like, yeah. there's no, this is obscene, yeah. right? So I don't buy that what the hotel is saying, like, at all. Like, I don't think there was a hot SOS. I think, however, from my understanding, is that a lot of the casinos have guards patrolling the grounds, like, throughout the day and night. And I don't know if they wanted that to be public or not. If you can memorize their patterns, you should usually get by them and and get the money out of the vault. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm serious. Like, so I think he was just like fucking walking around. Like, I don't think that he was responding to a call or anything, to be honest. Well, the thing is, apparently at this time, there is a room service cart in the hallway outside of Paddock's room with a camera sticking out. Ba- basically, Paddock had wired up a pretty shitty, I got to say, yeah. security system. Yeah. It is real, like, yeah, ramshackle. So there are a lot of discrepancies around this point in the timeline. Uh, originally, MGM said that like at 9.59, I think uh campos is fired on by paddock and you know paddock didn't actually open fire uh on 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 the concert until 1005 so the first shots were at were at campos the police put out a different timeline saying something uh, you know that happened actually five minutes later uh those were later reconciled in a very um sort of pathetic public display by both of those uh, entities mm-hmm. Um, but, but at some point very early in the night, whether it happened before he started shooting the harvest or yeah, the harvest festival or, or, uh, you know, right after he started, he does fire shots down the hallway. And like Felix says, wall bangs compost, a pretty impressive kind of shot. Yeah. Very, very hard thing to replicate. Yeah. 
like many things with Paddock's marksmanship and uh, everything. I mean, really, it's like that is the first thing that clued me into this being very strange is that, okay, so if I'm just being given the straightest version of events, it's this guy who worked for a Lockheed precursor in like kind of like data entry type shit, right? Or like actuarial Auditor. auditor. Yeah. Auditor type shit. And then was like, yeah, I'll land every boomer entrepreneurial job. And he not only perfectly shot a dude in the leg through a wall using a shitty CCTV setup, but yeah, hit nearly 40% accuracy from pretty far Mm. away. Like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? If it's just this one guy, why is he so good at this? Campos in his um interview with the police he says that he was shooting and i he's he repeated this when the cops uh, arrived on the scene that he was shooting through the people i don't think that was happening that doesn't That's, make any sense can't, no, i'll be, it makes I'll be zero honest sense. with you campos seems a little like maybe not gonna make captain of the <laughs> police force. well he <laughs> like, also says that he was not he thought at first i mean he kept saying he was hit by a bb gun he didn't yeah. think it was a bullet so he was like oh i got help, hit by a pelt i got hit by a pelt which is also very weird because, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you, like, know? I don't know. I've never been shot, but, like. I've been shot a bunch of times. Didn't notice until days after. Sometimes. Oh, my God. Shut up. Yeah. But, like, you're, so la- you're shot in the leg. Like, wouldn't it be a lot of pain? Well, I don't the bullet could have fragmented it and hit him like that. That's true. I mean, but, but, yeah, he did get shot. I mean, he was the fr- yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. absolutely was the first person to get shot. And he sort of hides in, like, an alcove, uh, which is, by the way. If any, if there is anything that that can be taken away from any sort of authority's response to the paddock shooting, is that everybody spent a lot of time in that hallway and in some alcoves yeah. in that hallway. Spent way more time in that hallway than they did in that room. Oh yeah. So, ten oh five, paddock opens fire with two shots at the Las Vegas Village. So I want you guys to like sort of. Mm. I mean, this will be a lot easier if you can just look up what this looks like, because you got to understand Mandalay Bay. I mean, you, well, I guess this is a podcast. You can't see where I'm putting my hands, uh, which is a good thing. Um, you got Mandalay Bay right here. And then literally this festival ground right under it. Yeah. And then the airport. So it's like, there is like no building sort of like between these things. And he's on the 32nd floor. So he's got a pretty straight shot down there. He opens fire with a couple of rounds. Um, that's uh, like, and at first, too, you can see footage of, like, people hearing the shots and not really understanding what's going Oof. on. Um, at this point, the police say he shot Campos. And so I, I want you guys to understand. 9.59, MGM says he shot Campos. Police say he shot Campos after he fired a couple shots at, uh, at, at, at the Harvest Festival. At 10.07, he opens fire again at the concert venue, and then he shoots at a couple of fuel storage tanks right across. Right at Fuel storage, by the way, four airplanes. Uh, so over the next 10 minutes, uh, Paddock fires something like 1,200 rounds from a few different rifles. I mean, he, he, I think he had something like 18 or 20 guns up there. He doesn't use most of them, um, but, but he fires off a ton of rounds, sometimes with pretty – well, and he uses a bump stock. And so he uses – he can fire pretty consistently. Yeah, can uh, you explain some- what that is? Felix, you want to take this? I'm not good with explaining the mechanism of bump stocks, but basically they, I don't want Roy to uh, attack me. So I'm not even going to try to explain the the mechanism. It just makes it easier for you to shoot your gun very fast in a way that 
uh, simulates like automatic fire. And the one of the rationales for like having them was I always thought this was funny. Uh, after this, was people were like, "Oh well, how are people with finger disabilities supposed to shoot?" Because yeah. they help them. And I was always laughing <laughs> about like the, the NRA Disability Caucus. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, fuck you. Yeah, well, they're the ones yeah, that got Amber like, kicked yeah. off the NRA council. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> they, they like they start writing like Wayne Lapierre with the A out Yeah, basically, I mean, I've never used a bump stock, but I didn't even really like. I, I knew what they were, kind of, but I didn't really like. I never looked into them. No one I knew with an AR had one or anything like that. But it, essentially, it's like your finger, like get using the momentum from the gun going back and forth mm-hmm. uh, to fire a bunch of different fucking times. So your gun's still technically semi-automatic. Uh, but it fires at the at a a rate of fire comparable, somewhat to a fully automatic firearm. Uh, and the thing is with Paddock, some of the guns he was shooting, and and I'm not entirely sure which he used in the attack. I've seen lists of guns that were there. Um, I don't. I have not seen a list of which guns it is proven that he used. Although many of them are the same caliber, mostly five five six and three oh eight rifles. Um, but, uh, but several of them did have bump stocks and some of them didn't even have optics on them, which makes it even more insane. So at 10, 11, two Vegas PD officers get to the 31st floor. And there is, by the way, no way that these motherfuckers didn't know that it was the 32nd floor. They got off by one floor. Um, so they get to the 31st floor and they stand around for about five minutes before going up, up stop. Uh, like they're obviously flipping the fuck out you know they hear this automatic gunfire coming from up there and at this point there are quite a few people kind of gathering in the hallway outside of paddock's door while he is still shooting down at people and remember these are police officers at least two police officers and at least two armed security guards from the hotel and i understand okay you don't know what's behind the door this guy has already shot out of it he has automatic weapons blah 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 but i'm like if this guy is mass murdering people you'd think you'd be like well you know, life's a gamble and you always win. I'm going to fucking bust in there and blow this guy away. Maybe I get shot, but at least he's not shooting what is essentially an automatic weapon into a crowd of 22,000. There were 22,000 people at this fucking festival. Just to play devil's advocate for a second, although I don't know why, but I will say that um, no one really knew how many people were in the room. And the first police alerts that were going out were that there were multiple shooters so I can see, like, you know, maybe they didn't understand what protocol was or what they should do. It's like, seems crazier than it's just like one guy shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. cop was fat and old. But at the same time, like, it's like over an hour. <laughs> There's so many mass shootings like that. Like, pretty much all of the most recent ones where, like, the cops just sat around fidgeting, like mm. rocking back and forth, like I do when I record a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then, like later, when people are like, "Why didn't you do anything for like an hour?" They're like, "I was scared." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> so what the, the cop the, literally the, says. He's like, yeah. "I was scared." Yeah. That's what the well, um, fired, right? the guy at uh, who. The really unfortunate, the unfortunately named like Scott Israel from yes. the uh, the uh, Florida school shooting. The God damn it, I already forgot what that one's called. Parkland, Parkland. Yeah, how could I forget? But uh, yeah, the Parkland guy. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I do have to say, it's. I would have definitely assumed it was multiple shooters, and 
I'm not sure. I don't know how sure I am that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, um, there is, I think the most specious way to prove that there are multiple shooters is taking, like, uh, like transcripts of radio stuff during that. Because it's like, mm. well, A, we already know these cops just froze. And people, like, when they're shooting like that, like, of course you don't know. But there is, you know, that gate seven thing. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So we can get in. Yeah. Um, so Paddock was shooting. Clo- there are like six gates from going into the venue. Yeah. From MGM. And Paddock was around, I think, what, gate number like two? Yeah. Like, something like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And during, like, after the shooting, they were like, there were multiple shots from you know, the gate two area and gate seven, which is sort of like on the opposite side, like as far sort of into the venue as you can be. I mean, there is no gate seven. That's the thing. But if they're like gate six is on the other side. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe it's just like they fucked up. They got there are multiple logical explanations. Like maybe they like they don't know there's a gate seven and they assume like they get in reverse, like gate sevens where paddocks at or mm. you know sound is weird yeah you can't you can like misinterpret sounds like just our the our ears interpretations of where directional sounds come from yeah is not always super reliable and especially when like yeah it's 500 fucking people have just been shot and thousands of rounds have gone out and there it's just pure chaos but at, i mean at the same time it's like Okay, one guy doing this with like thirty eight percent accuracy, that amount of distance away, and not just like a not a military veteran, no, not like particularly like known as a good marksman, no, no real training to speak of, um, and also like a kind of like alcoholic hedonist boomer who's in yeah. like bad health. Yeah. Like it's all very He also might have been sick too, which is crazy. Yeah. It's all very weird. It's mm. all very weird. And if it's you know, I if it's not multiple shooters, I think that's even stranger. Mm. Yeah. Which of course does not preclude it from happening, but like what the fuck? I think like another added layer to this and all the confusion is the social media element. And that's like actually right in the timeline. This is kind of where this happens where, and, and this was kind of the first of its kind where, I mean, cause I remember I was on Twitter when this happened and watching it happen in real time on Twitter and people just kind of, you know, all these reports coming in, people live streaming, people saying I'm at the concert, I'm running, there's a shooter, blah, 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 blah. Around 10.16 p.m., there's the first tweet that goes out about it, and he says, I'm pretty sure a terrorist attack just happened uh, at me. I'm at Mandalay Bay. And, like, slowly after that, then, um, you know, a bunch of people start kind of tweeting it. Uh, There's, you know, there are suddenly tweets coming in reporting shooters at Bellagio, at the Flamingo, at the Luxor, um, and... So while there are eyewitnesses accounts that we can mention in a little bit about multiple shooters, there's also a lot of that coming straight from social media. And so it gets like very confusing. Kind of like how we said at the beginning of the show, there's no clear narrative that emerges like at all. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 to be clear, like this was a ten minute shooting, but the aftermath and and the fact that people still think it's going on, and maybe you know it did go on in some kind of way afterwards. Uh, it is made all the more confusing because there are shots being reported basically up until midnight that night. Mm-hmm. And and as far as we know, Paddock shot himself either at 10.15, 10 minutes after he started the shooting, or sometime after that. Because while the shooting does stop at 10.15, uh, there, I think they finally report an active shooter like on all, you know, all APB or whatever out at like 10.30. Uh, and it starts kind of getting out there after that through like Las Vegas sort of like rescue, search and rescue kind of channels. Um, there are cops, by the way, since like 10, 11 in the hallway outside the room. And now they're kind of just waiting there. They ask if they can breach through the door. They're told to wait for SWAT to arrive. And then finally an hour and like five minutes after the first shots went out, the SWAT team breaches Paddock's door. Uh, they put a little bit, and you can watch some of the video for this. But you know, they they blow open the door, they go in. Uh, you know, he's again, he's got this this connected suite. One of the officers does fire three rounds into the room that Paddock was not in. We don't really know what was going on with that, but that's very, yeah, it's very. They're just yeah. like, oh, it accidentally fired. It's like, yeah, what? Well, that yeah. does happen. I mean, look yeah. at Phil Spector. <laughs> I mean, like there is that's. The really unfortunate thing about trying to parse through all of this is there's like cops are typically like so stupid and yeah. fuck up so much during these things that it's like sometimes hard to parse. And especially with how little information we already have, how much is like, OK, is there something you're hiding or are you just really shitty at this? Yeah, because it could be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Las Vegas Police Department, not exactly known as the most upstanding police department in the in the continental United States, um, and certainly have had their fair share of fuck ups and just playing like, you know, a lot of corruption in their past. So, you know, kind of can't rule anything out here. But I think the one thing you do kind of learn from it is th- these guys are big morons. I mean, one yeah. of the first thing that they did before even getting a SWAT team up to the 32nd floor was Calling Battlefield Vegas, which is a like <laughs> gun range where you can shoot a tank and like machine guns in Las Vegas. You've been there, right, Felix? Of course, I have. Uh, I went with uh, I went with all the boys. Went with Hassan. Hassan brought this. Uh, it was like a fucking desktop PC in a backpack, and like was <laughs> like filming content while I was. Man, that was such an awesome trip. What did you shoot there? Oh man, so I shot. Um, I was curious about SMGs that day, so I shot a MP5. Oh, that which rules. is like, dude, if they ever send old people to war, they should give them MP5s. There's no recoil on that bitch. Damn. Yeah, that, it's. That I've always smooth. wanted to shoot one. I shot the same thing. I'm. I have pretty like normie taste in a lot of things. Like I always shoot a 45 caliber. Yeah. Handgun. Like I always Colt 911. And it's yeah, I know it's a, not not the most unique gun in the world. Not the not the rarest, but it just I love that gun. And anytime I can shoot one, I'll shoot one. I did shoot a fifty uh, Barrett. Sick. Yeah, that was sick. And uh, AK. AK oh, was yeah. re- AK was really fun. And Desert Eagle, which I was like, of course the Israelis made this. Yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's like a giant <laughs> gold necklace in your hand. Yeah, it doesn't like if you wanted it, if you were like in one of those duels where you wanted to make an agreement that neither of you were going to hit each other, you would both get, get desert eagles. <laughs> that thing can't hit a fucking goddamn thing. I mean, the it's bullet's like, about the mu- size of your fist, right? 
Yeah, it's like you might as well have a blunderbuss. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, when I was in Reno, I shot a uh I shot a P90 and a uh 300 blackout AR with a suppressor, which was really that was really something. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Young Chomsky too. That was the one he rented. Uh and an AK with a suppressor, which felt like the worst oh, I I know, but it was like 50 fucking pounds, man. It was really difficult to fucking aim with. AK's like, yeah, AK is like a bit heavier than you'd expect you know what i really want to shoot these are two guns i really want to shoot that i probably don't think you can in america unless someone replicates them first one more famous aka aka 74 su yeah the little guys yeah those i like those little guys and they like i think it's probably less unwieldy to put a silencer on. yeah 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 the other one and this is from the battlefield series of games not battlefield las vegas or, I mean, they didn't invent these because of the games, but that's how I know about them. The <laughs> AN-94. What's that? It's a very weird gun. It's an AR. It looks kind of like just like a painted black. Like, if you saw it, like, in the corner of your eye, you'd be like, oh, that's just an AK, someone painted black. But what it is, it's a two-round burst. Oh. And the second bullet has no recoil from the first. And oh, yeah, I'm looking at this I thing I can't now. really, like, explain how it works, but it's like... A really fucking interesting gun. It's really cool. Oh, I did shoot a Galil there too, and I really like that as well. It Those seem a, like cool guns. Yeah, I dug it. It's basically a ripoff of AK. Absolutely yeah. no idea what you guys are uh, talking about. I'll, I'll explain it to you in long detail and depth after we finish recording. Mm, great. But, uh, but Battlefield Vegas sends over four APCs. This is, and I, I want to stress this, this is before, and these are like World War II APCs, which is like an armored personnel carrier. They just send them down. The guys say they don't even have any guns in them. It's not like cops are in them. They just station four like World War II APCs in downtown Vegas. Um, very bizarre town. Now they say that like they kind of have it set up with there's another crisis. They all know their battle stations they're supposed to go to. Um you know, they after they bust into Paddock Suite, you know, ten like I said, uh, after 11. Um, finally, at almost about midnight, the cops say the suspect is down. It's an active investigation. Don't go to the uh, don't go to the strip. And then just about half an hour later, they're like the sole suspect, the lone gunman is dead. Mm-hmm. Now, how they knew that, I don't know. Or how they knew that there was only only one gunman. I don't know, but a little more than two hours after the shooting started, they say they have basically the entire case closed. They say he's dead. That's it. No one else helping. Wow. What heroes? They really fucking, they really put a bow on that. Good work, guys. I mean, if people thought that there was some weird stuff that just happened in that small timeline, just wait till they hear about the rest of this, because (laughs) I, I don't know, like even the initial investigation is crazy. Like, it seems like they kind of fuck up the crime scene, I'm just going to say. Like, it seems like they, like, turn the body over a bunch in ways that they probably shouldn't have. There's um, a hard drive goes missing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Still missing. (laughs) They, at one point, they say that, okay, he's got three cell phones here, but there's a charger that doesn't match any of the cell phones. Then they later say, oh, wait, just kidding. Never mind. It does match. We had that wrong. There's only two kinds of cell phones. Like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. So, uh, you know, as all this is kind of happening, um, also, like, uh, you know, I mentioned that this is, like, all on social media and going online. 
This is also like 4chan is all over this. The crime yeah. scene photos and the body of Stephen Paddock f- photos like are immediately leaked to 4chan overnight, <laughs> which is also very crazy. I know that like cops text each other photos and stuff maybe, but like someone put that on 4chan. I don't know. So yeah, a bunch of little gumshoes, which I don't fault them, are all over this tying stuff together. That is coupled with the FBI has now sent out alert that they're interested in talking to his girlfriend wife. Mary Lou Danley. And the thing about girlfriend wife is that she is at the time of the shooting in the Philippines and a bunch of people, including one Laura Loomer, (laughs) the, uh, the big tittied maven of Florida herself, uh, Starts claiming that because, of course, there's ISIS in the Philippines, that Mary Lou Danley herself is an ISIS. And ISIS apparently claims credit for the attack. And, like, the big sort of scuttlebutt is, like, ISIS would never fucking lie about something like this. Like, they always, like, they never say they did something that they didn't do. Like That's they, their they, one rule. No lying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, they're, like. No uh, lying uh, and no copying. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's they had honor. a nice little graphic they put out, though. Did you see it? It no, was, I like, did not. real. Yeah, it was real cool, cool. and it had, like, um, Mandalay Bay and, like, red flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was, like, you know. They should have done a graphic that's, like, you know, um, uh, Rafita and non-believers are taking over the world. What can I do about it? <laughs> and it's, like, a little, like, sexless circle guy in a full full black outfit. <laughs> This guy, uh, this uh, this guy, Stephen Paddock, brought his activism local, but thought globally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty absurd. Like, I think, like, including, I remember reading about that myself, and like looking at a picture of the guy, and like not knowing nothing else about the attack, being like, yeah, I don't think this guy was an ISIS. And then, like, <laughs> looking at a picture of his girlfriend, like, I don't think this lady was an ISIS either. Well, f- the four channers, the the little guys, they go. <laughs> In my head, they're just little Pepe's. I'm sorry, but um, that would be really cute. Yeah, they were little army cute. frogs. Yeah, that is cute. I know that's all I could think of. So they quickly move off the ISIS tip. Seems like more of like the Facebookers stick with the ISIS. But yeah, the little yeah. channers, little Pepe's. They're all over Danley being FBI, and that becomes a huge thing that they say that they, they're, you know, some someone posts on 4chan, they're posting all this crazy stuff on 4chan, but they post a whole thing that was like, okay, we found this old credit report and she said that her occupation was FBI. It's like, why would she put that on? <laughs> I mean, there's like all these like things that don't work, you know, what it, but, it, yeah. but it becomes like almost like a meme, right? And, and that really picks up steam, you know, to the point where I think it ends up getting repeated, you know, on like Fox. And you mentioned Loomer. Gateway Pundit is all over this. Classy. Uh, you know, that guy runs Malik Obama's account. Yeah. Really? Does he know that he's doing it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he like bought it from from Obama's like half brother. So he, he just like it's just Charles Johnson tweeting. Oh, yeah. No, Charles Johnson. I was thinking of Gateway Pundit. Oh, the sorry. Guy. Yeah, it's the, Jim Hoft. Yeah. Jim Hoft. Jim Hoff, for people who don't know, is the most dying man in America. <laughs> yeah. He used to, his, when he, before he got kicked off Twitter, which, bring him he didn't back. He got kicked off. Or I think he did. I could be, they probably at this point did, but he, um, like, everything on his set is, like, total bullshit, obviously. But, like, his bio would be, like, heart attack survivor, legally blind, Diabetes, Meniere's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all like seven diseases, and then it would be where hope made a comeback. Yeah, he, and it's he, like I don't think it should have. He's actually co-chair of the uh, NRA Disability Conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
They also find explosives in Paddock's car. Well, to be clear, the explosives that they find are Tannerite. And Tannerite is something that if you are like a guy who does like a YouTube show where you shoot guns, you're like, look at this fucking crazy, like gold-plated Sig Sauer I got. Um, I don't know why you'd get that. But uh, (laughs) you shoot it and it blows up. And like, I'm not saying you can't use Tannerite. Like you could use Tannerite to hurt people, but it's like not, it wouldn't be your go-to. It's like, in some ways, like very pyrotechnical as opposed to like, you know, a fertilizer bomb or something like that. But yeah, they find quite a bit of it in this car. Yeah, 50 pounds. Yeah, that's like uh, literally twice the weight of any girl I've ever dated. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, I think the idea of being Paddock being an ISIS is, it really tickles me because it's like yeah. n- no boomer could be an ISIS. No, no. They would be like, I have to be able to pick my own name. Like, um, I could no, I'm not. I'm not going to. I, I like to do my own Quran interpretations, yeah. which is actually just listening to Billy Joel. Um, I no, I can't do suicide bombings. I have I have Meniere's disease actually <laughs> from when I was in the, when I was in the National Guard. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't take another wife because I feel like they'd be cheating on like the woman I've been with for forty five years that I haven't <laughs> had sex with in like forty six. It's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, they would. That would be a real culture clash. They would just. They would just kill them. They would be too annoying. <laughs> yeah, like, can, and, we, can it, we get some crazy bread? i have low blood sugar but but he's identified as the shooter obviously pretty quickly you know it's in the hotel room that he checked into i think he actually might have checked into under one of them was under danley's name yeah one of them was under her name and he Uh, did have her uh gambling players card yeah but you always got to hold on to your lady's players card you don't want her scampering off and playing you know (laughs) playing the slots like women do you know you got to hold on to that thing gotta hold all the ladies players cards that's a, the only thing I don't like about casinos. The Bluetooth thing I put on girls. Yeah. Sometimes yes, it doesn't yes. work there because there are too many phones. Um, and then, so the next day, reporters sort of descend upon his mm. brother's home. And Eric Paddock, someone, someone could do like a full-on like serial season one where you fall in love with the guy uh like season about Eric Paddock, it, even specifically this interview. But he gives a pair of the most <laughs> robust interviews I've ever seen a man give. Um, I encourage you to watch them in full because every line that comes out of his mouth is more incredible than the last. Steve took care of the people he loved. He helped make me and my family wealthy. <laughs> I mean, he's the reason I was able to retire. We ate in one of the best, in the Fusion restaurant, I highly recommend the the Fusion restaurant, I can't think of the name, but the Fusion restaurant at the Wynn. We ate thousands of dollars of sushi, comped. They're the best interviews in the history of media, or maybe even human communication. Um, I don't, like, we can't even really, like, do them justice. Me and Matt were, like, psychotically obsessed with Eric Paddock for like a really long time and it, this was during a period when we were like trying to we were like it like made us feel bad when like our audience was like hey my dude it, it, you know makes me feel bad when blah 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 not like you know in the past couple of years where we've been like fuck you you're lower than dirt yeah yeah and yeah like thank you so we were like oh we can't like we can't yell sushi comped at each other in public. <laughs> and, I mean, so it was just our private thing, how much we loved Eric Paddock. But, 
I mean, now the world can know. Me and Matt, we would just scream Eric Paddock lines at each other every day. <laughs> they, that's, that video gives me, like, everything about that video is awesome. But, like, the thing I always think about, we were talking about this before we started, is... So those interviews, um, he he's, like, spends the entire interview talking about... Like, they're basically like, hey, your brother killed the most people ever. And he's like, well, let me tell you one thing. He was amazing to go to dinner with. Yes. And he was successful. He could do any – the best line besides Sushi Compt is he could do anything he wanted, and he did. Yes, 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 yes. And it's like, what do you think happened when he went back inside? Is he like, I think that went really well. <laughs> well, well apparently he didn't because the, the next he basically demanded he do have a redo, a do-over. He wanted a do-over and he goes out the next day for another interview. <laughs> but he does the same exact thing. He just goes out there and I, we can't even I can't even do his voice, but he's like Yeah, no. He just keeps repeating over and over and over again like my family and I, we're very wealthy people. Stephen made me very, very, very rich. He made my mother very wealthy. And like, apropos yeah. of nothing. And it is like, <laughs> like it is nothing to do with like, why did your brother just murder people? Like, you know, shoot hundreds of people. He's just like, he was a good businessman. He's a numbers guy. Stephen's always been a numbers guy. And, yeah. And the thing, the thing where he's like, Again, apropos of nothing, where he talks about how much money Steven would make, like, doing video poker, and he's like, sorry if this offends everyone, not everyone works at Taco Bell. Yes, yes, <laughs> It's yes. like, you, you have the weirdest family in America. Like, absolutely. no, like, he, like, that is so, they're the perfect boobers because, yeah, his brother just killed all those people. That's the only reason you would talk to this guy, and he's like... So, a little bit about me. I like to go to Tucson during the spring, actually. A lot of people think it's too hot. Um, yeah, my dad's a bank robber. Uh, uh, my brother gave me a bunch of money the, for, for some reason. Anyway, so I'm very rich. And if that offends you, try working harder. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. like, what the fuck? Like, kind of guy. <laughs> like, what's wrong Unknown. with you? Unknown. The thing is, the paddocks are like... They don't really make them like the paddocks anymore. No, they um, don't. But they are they are very like you kind of get and and you know to to sort of segue maybe a little into the paddock family. I mean, they are an extraordinary group of human beings. Um Eric is, it seems to basically have just been given a bunch of money and properties by his brother in the past I, 5 years. It seems to me that they were in business together in some capacity. I think that they were in whatever the kind of scam which i do think it was a scam or some whatever kind of quasi legal operation um they were running in la with these apartment buildings and you know quote quote unquote flipping apartment buildings which setting aside that for a second like (laughs) i don't know about that um my so yeah my suspicion with him coming out and saying all that shit is it had the air like of very much of like the lady doth protest too much it was very much like don't look at me i'm totally fine i don't have anything to do with this yeah don't know everything's legit we were just doing this you know it's like whoa dude we didn't even know you he had a brother like (laughs) we didn't even know you were here i I will say like uh eric does say something revealing in not one of those interviews but in a different i believe print interview that he did uh where he talks about how the missing hard drive Mm. he's like 
that proved to me that Steven really does love us because he essentially admits, I think it might have even been the police interview, that there was tax information on there that he did not want getting out there. Mm. And uh, and Paddock getting – which I, I'm almost positive. I, I, I didn't write down exactly where I saw this from, but but I do remember vividly reading this uh, a couple of days ago that, uh, that, yeah, he talks about like that proved to me that like Steven still loved us and he still cared, which was – By the way, getting rid of a hard drive, which he thought just showed that he ripped off the IRS – I mean, it's incredible. I don't think that's what that hard drive just said. Oh, I don't know. Considering what's on the other one, I would hate to see what's on the one that <laughs> yeah. he, he yeah. threw away. Um, but Our but, favorite Flash games were on there. <laughs> Have you ever played Stick Death? I'm sorry if this offends everyone. Not everyone just goes to Newgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the Paddock family is deeply weird, right? Like, mm. Stephen Paddock's father was, like, like Felix mentioned, a bank robber. And not just a bank robber. A bank robber who was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted criminals. Like, one of the original top 10 guys. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen a photo of him? Yes. He's uh, like a thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, in the interview with the pedophile brother, um, alleged pedophile brother, uh, he's like, alert. he talks about how he's about to beat the fuck out of his dad. And he's like, my dad is 350 pounds. That doesn't mean you can fight, which, Dude, by the way, he was not 350 pounds. That he looked like he ate 350 pounds every day. Yeah, for yeah, large many years. fucking guy. I feel like if a guy like that fat robs your bank, you just have to be like, well, I suck. I just shouldn't have a bank. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, I've said this on the show before, but the fattest guy I know did rob a bank when we were teenagers, <laughs> and his getaway driver drove away. Fat Zach, his getaway driver got spooked and drove away, and then he tried to run, but he only made it a block before he sat down on mission and waited for the 14. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got, like, promptly arrested. <laughs> yeah, he got arrested, yeah, yeah. And then he became a rapper. Also, uh, I believe, yeah, yeah, a heroin addict, too. Um, but, they, but, they, yeah, they, his, they, let him, they let him out? Like, he's... He's, like, 16. Like he, oh, okay, good for him. Good for him. I, I is he a famous rapper? Like is he? Um, I can send you some of his material, but um, <laughs> I would love that. I, no I would idea. not say that he reached any sort of. F- I knew who he was, you know, and I'm not a big uh, rap head. <laughs> well, wait uh, till wait till I get my hands on his career. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, his dad is like, I mean, a hell of a bank robber. He made out with like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and got arrested when 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 Stephen Paddock was still pretty young. I think he was about seven years old. Yeah. By the way, this is in the fifties, so that's a lot of money back then, kiddos. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He also went by the name Big Daddy, which I think is very cool. He and has very, a series of that's, really good. That's nicknames. very Greatest Generation. Yeah. These are yeah. These are like eternal boomers. Like these, <laughs> they were around like before time. They like the Paddocks lived concurrently with the dinosaurs. <laughs> Just being weird. Yeah, he gets convicted in 1946. He gets convicted of ten counts of larceny, five counts of confidence game, which is very cool. That's yeah, that's when cool you thing. act alpha, even though you're like kind of a bitch. Yeah. He was the first that the elder Paddock was the first Sigma male. Mm-hmm. He gets um he gets convicted of conspiracy, which I want to get back into later. For he was running like bad checks. This is all very Listen, like, okay, running bad 1940s. checks is not okay. No, uh, no, sometimes people do that in 2011 too. And let me tell you, it's a victimless crime. Dude. Yeah, let me tell you, sometimes you also do it in 2020 or 2021 <laughs> when like, you know, someone does, you know, 30 hours of work for your podcast doing design or something and you just don't feel like paying it. 
Yeah. Have you thought about that side of it? Exactly. Investigators? I mean, here's the thing about checks is that it's an IOU. And sometimes, yeah, I owe you. This is a check that's promising that I'm eventually going to pay you this money. We've been over this. You don't understand how checks work. No, I don't. But it's fine. I'm I'm not in prison. (laughs) Here's how. So a check is. Have you ever gone to those banks that have the tube thing? Uh, Yeah, pneumatic tube. Yeah, that shit's awesome. Those are the only banks that have actual money. The yeah. tube, you, you pick those up. The two banks are the only banks that stayed on the gold standard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And inside the tube lives like a sort of slender, misbegotten creature, usually from a long line of tube men. Yeah. And the check is like a letter you write to him. And he talks to the tube guys who live with the gold. And he's like, hey, you know, you owe this. This guy needs $730 of gold credited. But a normal bank, like a bad bank, like Chase or uh, yeah. Wells Fargo, it's like just crap. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, just that fake, fake plastic fiat. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So wait, so he also gets so he gets convicted for a third robbery in 1961. During his arrest, he he escapes and attempts to run down the FBI agent who arrested him. Where does this take place, Liz? This is in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, baby. That's yeah, a little right. little kiss kiss right there from the synchronicity gods. Um, so he starts serving a 20-year sentence, escapes federal prison, goes on the run. That's when he gets on the FBI most wanted list. They There's like, I was reading like an old um, like Texan, because he escapes from federal prison in Latuna. So I was reading the like Texas like news news dispatch or whatever the day that was letting everyone know and they were like the federal police describes him as a psychopath (laughs) that was very cute i don't know if he was a psychopath but probably not he's probably just a bank robber but uh it seems like that that's like a um common like i think that stephen paddock has been described as a psychopath and a lot of people have kind of described a lot of members of this family as a little off yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't. I honestly do not know enough about psychology, and I like. I don't know. It is fake. Like, just, you can true. just call people you don't like psychopaths, and you're fine. Oh yeah, it's, it's like war. It's like war criminal. Just yeah, a exactly. bad type of person. Exactly. Yeah, this is how the paper described him. This is so, I thought this was so cute. He is a glib, smooth-talking, egotistical, arrogant, confidence man. He likes steaks, desserts, camel cigarettes, Dutch master cigars, television, smart sports, gambling, bridge, hot rod, and stock car racing, and ham radio operation. He has rules. worked as an auto mechanic, <laughs> electrician, promoter, salesman, service station attendant, nightclub, and driving school operator. The last time he was arrested, he tried to run down an FBI agent with his car. He carries a snub-nosed revolver in his underwear it's like this hey ladies incredible it's not a, guy it's not a dating ad yeah <laughs> this is incredible it's not a personal ad he also at one point went by leo genstein which is i'm like all right buddy we'll let you in here for a little bit but you know he arms deserves like, he deserves to join yeah 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 <laughs> he eventually ends up in oregon and he starts going by the name bruce warner erickson what's the name of one of his sons uh, he starts working out of a, like, he starts, like, a, as a trucker, it seems, and working out of a rehab center where he start, he opens a bingo parlor, which, if any of you listening out there, your alarm inside your little truth or brain should go off, because if you hear someone is opening a bingo parlor in the 70s, you know fucking for sure they're mobbed up to hell. Yeah. That, that dude's in the mob. 
<laughs> well, he eventually gets busted. I heard from an interview with uh, the sole interview with his son, Bruce, uh, that his girlfriend at the time turned him in. Um, he also, Bruce intimates that his father also tried to fuck his girlfriend, uh, when they, they his reconnected. Yeah. At the only, t- the only time in their life they reconnected, Big his dad immediately tried to fuck his girlfriend. Yes. Um, but, uh, he gets captured and arrested in 78, released on parole. So I don't understand. He's supposed to be serving a 20 year sentence, escapes from prison and then gets arrested like 10 years later and then just gets like he gets like I think he got like less than a year of prison time or if any and then he gets just like let out on parole. Yeah, they have him pay $100,000 and then Which, he's out. You're a bingo That's guy. That's a lot That's of money. 1987? Not if you're in the bingo game, baby. Well, I know no, he pays I mean, it. Yeah, but, but for a federal fine straight cash. Money. Uh yeah, in 87 he he gets he gets charged with rolling back odometers in cars. Dude, this dude rocks. <laughs> he's so yeah, fucking he's cool. He's the man. That is yeah. some like old. That's like a Sopranos episode right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he dies. You've never it's, seen the Sopranos. Bro. I know, but you know, I'm, I like agreeing with women. Uh, he dies. You know, I think sometime in the '90s. And Stephen never had a relationship with him. In fact, his kids never really ever yeah. uh, connected with him much. Um, but that does bring us to Bruce Paddock, his his other son. So I, I I think some of you may remember this is one of the more prominent things to come out of uh, of the Vegas shooting, is that Stephen Paddock's brother Bruce, uh, his younger brother, was arrested less than a month after the shooting on a litany of child pornography charges. Um, this set off a lot of alarm bells in my head. More so when I found yeah. out that the charges were dropped quietly, uh, not too long after, over like a very minor, minor technicality. And I, I've been unable to find it if they were refiled. I don't believe so. Well, he ju- he had just lost his brother. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Different ways of coping. Um, I mean, Bruce Paddock hadn't seen his mom or Steven since the nineties <laughs> and no yeah. contact with them. Uh, but he'd been arrested a bunch of times once for annoying a child under the age of 18, which, um, wait, the charge is annoying a child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. is certainly one way to put that crime. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now of course, discord has lobbied for that, that, that law to be changed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so no longer illegal. Uh, good, but, news, uh, yeah, good news for many streamers. Exactly. I was just about, <laughs> I was about to say. Um, uh, he gets arrested in 2018 on child pornography charges. He was actually arrested from like old charges that like he, he had some at some point been homeless and living in an abandoned uh, business in Sun Valley, just downloading apparently, allegedly, I don't believe it necessarily, terabytes of child pornography onto a laptop, like in a squat that he lived in. Uh, Here's, okay, I have a question. Yes. Where do you get okay. the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> okay, so number one, where's the Wi-Fi in a squad? That doesn't happen. That's not yeah. a thing. Two, is he, okay. We, I listened to a podcast interview with him. The only one there is, yeah. Which is, I highly recommend, if people are interested, listen to this interview. It's very, very, very weird. Multiple times very weird. It's so, it sounds like he has like a, a back injury to the point where it's like he's like physically disabled. Yeah. He does not strike me Felix in, this, in this yeah. interview as anyone who is computer literate. He does not seem like someone who would know where to get child porn on the internet, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, you have yeah. to kind of like get out there and get in the groups and talk to people and you know, from what I understand, like Oh you, you know, do, do you Liz? 
Do you know what our podcast is about, Bruce? Uh, I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but you know, it's like they have, you know, it's like they have like groups where they have to like, you know, you have to like trust people, whatever. It's like a long mm-hmm. fucking process or whatever. It's not you can just like download child porn from a fucking Wi-Fi hotspot at Starbucks. Kazaa. Maybe, maybe like um, there was like a MSN premium membership for boomers <laughs> where they had there's msn darknet yeah 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 i know it's it's pretty wild i mean he got he got arrested on a litany of these charges when he was living in like a uh basically a long-term care facility yeah um tmz's claimed that they he was found out because he was bragging about his brother's attack i'll be honest listen to that interview that does it not does sound not congruent sound... whatsoever he also at some point says that like I mean, we can talk about the mom in a second, but he does say that, like, one, he has not spoken to his brother in, like, 36 years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which well, he hasn't very- seen his brother in 36 years. I think he spoke to him once in, like, the 90s. Yeah, he, like, barely talks to his mom. I don't think that he talks to Eric at all. And Why not? He does, like, yeah, yeah. He kind That's of intimates at some to. point. He says, like, they know what I'm sorry for and what I've done or who I am and yeah. something like that. It's a very weird interview. What podcast did like it what was podcast some, like, like oh. it was some like the truth line? Well, listen, so this podcast, all right, I think it's called uh, Hidden Secrets or something with Jim Breslow. I will say they have a few different series. Uh, Vegas shooting, it seems to be what they started with, uh, and they have this interview and they have a couple good interviews. They run out of material on the Vegas stuff uh, after a couple of months and then pivot to their next series, which is Trans, and then the series oh. after that, AA the Killer Cult. And then now they just have one called Race. Um, so things went downhill for uh, for for hidden secrets with Jim Breslow. But, uh, that's the, but that's the problem with having a great guest early on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> struggle to recreate the magic. Well, it's 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 funny because there's like numerous complaints. I read the reviews of the podcast. And there's numerous complaints from people being like, "This guy's so rude to his guests." And I listened to like several episodes. He's astoundingly rude to some of really? these guests. Yeah, like wh- at one point, the guy who made this uh, this movie about the Vegas shooting is like, "Why are you talking to me like this? Like what?" <laughs> Are you on my are you on my side? I don't understand what's going on. I will say he got a lot of answers out he of He did get a lot of answers. Yeah, he's and very there annoying. Was like, very, Bad cop. Like so many times when Bruce was like, We're done. This is all speculation. No more speculating. Not here to speculate. I'm out. And then the interviewer guy would be like, Okay, okay, I understand. Also, by the way, why do you hate your brother? And he would yeah, be like, Well, yeah, you have yeah. to understand that when we were kids, <laughs> it was like, How are you getting all these answers? Maybe we've got to be more aggressive on our show. It it I I guess it works for this guy. Like this guy's probably gonna get to the bottom of the race issue. Just yeah, by, exactly. He's gonna yeah. get Ibrahim Kendi on and well, be there like, was, "You fuck there, you." There was a recent episode which I did not listen to, which was race labeled "Race Slash Vegas," which uh, is like BLM anti fuck connections to the <laughs> Vegas right. shootings. Oh, perfect! Um, My favorite fusion cuisine. Exactly, <laughs> race Vegas. So, uh, so, so that does bring us to the mother. He, now he's currently, I guess, living in a care facility. By the way, the family, uh, much of the, many of them are from like the LA County area. And so the brother's still living here. Um, it does bring us to the mother who, who Eric Paddock lived with. There are two other siblings. Uh, one is a sister who really hide nor hair have been, has been heard from her. It does not seem, seems like there were some fractures in the family. And, and another brother, Patrick Paddock, uh, who's notable again. Oh, from also, about list. 
Yes, exactly. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick. Part about Liz. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and just like Patrick, uh, he is first of all associates with some less than desirable individuals. But Absolutely. uh but uh he was in the Air Force, and I want to put a real big pin in that. He was in the Air Force for about 13 years, Patrick Paddock. Um, and he, by the way, is Patrick Paddock II. His father's, I think, a rich Christian name is Patrick Paddock as well. Mm. Um, but but that leads us to the mother. And, and the mother is, you know, she married this guy, turned out to be a bank robber. Who among us hasn't done something like this? <laughs> you know, if only Call Her Daddy was around back in her day, she could have gotten a little good advice about yeah, this Yeah, Call stuff. Her Big Daddy. Um, and, uh, you know, births these four fucked up kids, and they do sound like they were pretty bad kids for much of their lives. Um, and uh, and she, what I find really notable about her, but she's, of course, in business with her sons, uh, Stephen and Eric, but she's also um, working at a place called Semco. And th- mm-hmm. this is something I kind of just recently put together. Uh, and, and, and th- you know, this is kind of where my, my mind goes with a lot of this stuff. The aerospace defense industry plays a very prominent role in a hell of a lot of this. Um, mm. His mother was working at basically a place that that put together electronic parts for airplanes. Um, I mean, this is from their website. Semco has been in business since 1984, providing high-end wireless communications products to U.S. and allied international governments and their related prime contractors, research agencies, and companies. The company's focus has been state-of-the-art products used for missile, aircraft, and weapons system flight testing. Uh, Her mother also apparently dated somebody pretty high up in the company, got a lot of stock out of that, uh, worked her way up, and and became wealthy herself from Semco. And... To be clear, like that is two members of the Paddock family, not even counting Paddock, who worked in aerospace uh, defense industry. One of them, of course, in the Air Force, and the other one, you know, working on the the contractor side. Uh, and so, you know, the mom. Not much has been heard about her. She's ninety years old, uh, but yeah. During that interview with Bruce, he says something that he's like, he. Uh... He's like says very very like offhandedly like oh my mother no one talks to her she never leaves the house and I just got this like real sad picture of this entire family like everyone is estranged they're all somehow very wealthy but through these kind of like various weird kind of like tangential I don't even want to say careers it's not even that it's just like through these kind of like hustling means right there's this like very weird. I mean, I, I keep thinking of this like woman just like kind of rotting in her house alone, like her with, yeah. like no kids, no husband, um, watching like these like her son commit this like horrible, horrible mass murder. I don't know. There's like something very, um, I don't know. It's very deeply, deeply depressing. In addition to the you know obviously the shooting events and all of that, there's like something very nihilistic at the core of this. That is an interesting point you brought up about their money that I I hadn't thought of before. And yeah, that's true. That's like they have everything about them is so perfectly alienated that even they're rich, but it's like they were just sort of squeezing money out out of like yeah, old yeah, socks. Yeah. Like they yeah. don't even have when they another rich person would see them, they would be like, what the fuck is that? Like they don't have they don't even have like the kind of social solidarity with other rich people 
they're just fucking weirdos no matter what like they're just the most fucked up the the most fucked up family in the world well the weird thing is is like something that's always uh, blown my mind about like people this age or people basically from the younger paddock's age until the mom's age is like sometimes they just have like millions of dollars that are like Mm -hmm. i have no idea how like i don't know anybody with millions of dollars and like somehow people who like don't seem to like work that much have that much money well yeah it's like yeah totally i i think too it's like (laughs) it's interesting because you would never like look at this family people wouldn't say like that's the that's a wealthy family that's a wealthy middle class family that's like not at all what i think the vibe we get from this family is do you know what i mean yeah it's this like very um I don't know. I always say this on this podcast and I feel stupid every time I say it and it is stupid, but there's something very like Lynchian about this family and this event. Like it's starting with a fucking like bank robber who was in World War II, like a World War II vet who becomes like mo- a mobbed up bank robber who then is like a thousand pounds. Sorry that I keep harping on that, but it's just for the, you know, image. Yeah, go ahead with your body fashion. Yeah, okay, okay, Liz. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> you know, all these kids that he, like, abandons completely who are real fucking asshole kids, it seems like, from all, like, from all testimony. Seems from like their own were, testimony. Yeah, they're real, like, real asshole Both kids. Both Eric and Bruce say kids. they were pieces of shit when they were kids. Like, they were In awful interviews. to their moms, they were awful to their neighbors, like, little menaces, and then kind of like scam their way up through the kind of, you know, detritus of the like post Ford economy, post Fordist American economy, you know, like it even we'll get into Stephen Paddock, but it's like he gets into like, it's like, oh, you know, he goes to Cal State. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to go where the money is. I want to go where the money is. But he comes like, he's like a postman. And then he starts working for the IRS, which his brother suggests he goes to work for the IRS because he wants to learn how to scam money. Like, it's just like weird kind of, um, it's not even hustler exactly, but it's like kind of a weird, because that implies some kind of romanticism that I don't yeah. think this warrants. But there is this kind of just like, kind of like cockroach mentality that like still carries over through this whole story. And then it ending up in like fucking Vegas, which is just a fucking sacrificial pit of just, you know, everything that's terrible about America, you know, I I, I don't know. There's, there's just like so much here that it's almost overwhelming to me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> cockroach, I, I guess that's, Again, this this whole thing is one of those few things that's weirder if the straight-up version of events is what's taken because it's like, you know, I don't want to say poetic, but the, this family that, yeah, they're like cockroaches. They're like just, despite their wealth, just sort of like existing on the outskirts, on the underbellies of society, on the underbellies of the economy, squeezing as much money out just little but like weird like grub people yeah and i don't like probably no one ever really noticed them and then one of the guys is like oh what if i you know if you take the version of events where there's no conspiracy and a guy just flipped out right he's like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna kill as many people as i can and still 
no one noticed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, that's the thing is like this family, uh, you know, it seems like the source of their wealth has been two very um, parasitical uh, industries. One of which is, of course, uh, you know, landlord and house flipping. And the funny thing is, actually, if you do call one of those signs, uh, if you do call the number from one of those signs, it's like we flip houses that you see like stapled to mm. you know lamp poles and stuff. You'll actually likely get a person that's worse than Stephen Paddock who picks up the phone. <laughs> um, but you know that, and then you know the defense industry. Yeah. I mean, to yeah, get into Paddock a little more, you know, after he leaves the IRS, he goes and works for the DOD, and he's an auditor there. He, uh, he's an auditor for about. one one year and the thing is paddock is like he is a numbers guy right like and i you know we all know how i feel about numbers guys um but uh but you know he works there for about a year and then goes and joins a little company that i like to call and work for called lockheed this is prior Mm -hmm. to the merger where they became lockheed martin um it's really difficult and i would say probably impossible to actually figure out what he worked at when he was at lockheed like he yeah. was officially an auditor when he was there. Um, an auditor is something like if you've seen the Matrix, it's like Agent Smith that kind of goes through <laughs> Lockheed's computer systems, and if he catches you hacking, he can shoot at you. I mean, um, what Liz? I don't know. I, whenever I so it's like again, not to harp on this, but this also feels like very like dying America stuff. Like a low level bureaucrat at a fuck at the a fucking huge defense contractor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I want this to be, and I'm sure we'll get into this later. Like, I, you know, I want this to be crazy conspiracy zone. But at the same time, there's something just like so depressingly mundane about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's not like some high up crazy guy looking at secrets. Like, he's just a fucking auditor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, with the, the conspiracy stuff could only go as far as, you know, oh, like they don't want people to talk about this mass shooting because this place relies on uh, tourism. And they'll yeah. just like, they'll do whatever weird thing they can to like make it so it's not like Sandy Hook and etched into people's memories. That could be it. I don't know. Like, there's so much about this thing that's so fucking hard to pin down. But if, again, like if this is, there is one shooter, it was Steven Paddock. He was not like working at the behest of like some Gladio org. He wasn't hit with an MK Ultra trigger. He wasn't trying to, there wasn't a specific guy that he was trying to kill. It is that, yeah, it would also work because it's like, yeah, that's how this story ends. That's how this weird, fucked up story of this fucked up ass family ends. Yeah, and like the thing is, like, like I, I really did note too that like Stephen, you know, he goes just like his mother and through a different route to work in the aerospace industry, um, and the defense industry. I mean, fucking Lockheed makes Black Hawk helicopters, and and in my mind, like trying to sort of piece this all together, it's like one of the things that I kind of keep coming back to is that like some of that just rubbed off on that. Like this family spent so much time around that stuff that it just like all of that like you know, orgy of like, you know, wanting you know, annihilation that these companies they work for put out. I mean, and these are, I mean, we're not talking about fucking green berets here. You know, this guy didn't work for Blackwater or anything like this. He was part of like the machinery yeah, that the keeps machine. these things yeah. moving. And it's like the machinery got a little fucking grease on him. And that grease, you know, spilled into all of his fucking veins and, you know, took him to the 32nd floor. But I can't like discount all of the, uh, 
Again, the sort of synchronicities with that stuff. So that brings us to a guy named Douglas Haig, um, who is to this date the only person who's been arrested in any connection whatsoever with the Vegas shooting. Uh, federal investigators found actually a box with his name on it, like a you know some like a package box, uh, you know, little brown cardboard thing uh, in Steve Paddock's stuff. The name on it, of course, was his, uh, and uh, it turns out you know the police go and interview him at his work, which. <laughs> I will get to in a second. Um, and, and they he find works out at Dave and Buster's. It is well, not to spoil too much here, but it is at Honeywell Aerospace, uh, which, <laughs> if you like the uh, aerospace defense contracting industry, you will love Honeywell. He was working on uh, a type of autonomous weaponized helicopter drone for the Marines when he was working there. Um, he met uh, he met Paddock, so he says. Uh, at a gun show in uh, a few months before the shootings, and and, and Paddock had actually driven out to his home in Flagstaff to purchase bullets from him. Uh, he was given a, he was the, when he gave him the bullets or he sold him the bullets rather. They were in that box with the name on it, and so that's how they, that's how they get uh, get in contact with him. But I mean, this guy had worked at uh, he's he's no longer. I mean, you look up his LinkedIn. Uh, you know, he's now working at something called PSI Superchargers, but he's worked at Boeing and Northrop Grumman before. Uh, he holds top secret clearance. Um, not intent very surprising for that line of work uh but that's yeah no pretty high i mean that seems pretty high clear i mean the clearance I mean. top secret well i've yeah. got the, i've got q clearance so it's not no yeah, yeah yeah and actually so i should correct myself that he had q clearance i would kill myself i should correct myself actually he worked at he worked on the a160 unmanned helicopter when he was at boeing um mm. but you know he's a drone guy he worked in the irads program like that that was kind of his bread and butter and it's like to me, the sort of synchronicity between like all these millions, hundreds of millions of people in this country and like, you know, granted, you know, this guy's making bullets and I'll get into that in a second. Like, okay, maybe he's more likely to have like an engineering job at, at like a defense company than like somebody who's making, you know, plush toys or something like that. But there's just so much of that in such a tightly compacted yeah. space that it, 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 it to me, it, it, it like – it can't not mean something. I don't you know. I'm not saying it means something necessarily. Like Douglas Haig told him to go shoot up the Mandalay Bay, but I mean something in more of like a like there's a spiritual truth to it, right? Mm. Um, but but you know this guy, he's making bullets at his house, and you can actually check out. I mean, on the Wayback Machine, you can check out his website. Uh, you know, he was advertising. He's got tracer rounds. He's got armor piercing ammunition. He's got explosive ammunition, both five five six and three oh eight, and that seems to be. Uh, to be what Paddock bought. Uh, I'm unclear on the laws about buying armor-piercing ammunition. It appears that you can buy it, but it might be illegal to sell it, which doesn't... It's the Nordic model for uh, yeah. for, for, for <laughs> ammo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Paddock, uh, you know, he said up and down, you will find none of my ammunition in Paddock's room, blah, blah. Turns out they found uh, a couple of 308 bullets. Um, that seems to me, I, I believe that Paddock shot at the fuel tanks, um, mm. with the 308 bullets. And I think that's why he bought them exactly because he thought maybe they could ignite the fuel tanks. Although having worked in aerospace, he should know that jet fuel, but see, that's uh, what I'm saying. First of all, we know it can't melt steel. But um, but also that's what I mean. Like he was a low level auditor; he's not an engineer. But like he didn't know that if the plan was Uh, Google is your friend. Listen, if the plan was (laughs) (laughs) to shoot up the tankers at McCarran Airport, which again, by the way, like people listening, so Mandalay Bay, it's about you know 
you're looking down that's where the festival is like you know it's kind of like almost like straight down and then right across the street is mccarran airport i mean it's like right there if the plan was to then shoot up the tankers in order to cause a huge explosion like shouldn't he have known that he would not have been able to ignite the jet fuel in order to start a fight like that doesn't I mean, make any sense to me well like i mean like you said though he was the most replaceable cog in, yeah. in the war machine so it's like yeah like he should know that probably but like yeah of course he like does it how did yeah. he not because google he's a, it <laughs> He Googled because he's like a dumb fucking boomer. It's also <laughs> not his like, job to educate. Yeah, yeah. I just think it is like it feels like wishful thinking. Like he also, I mean, my okay. So a lot of people have said and guessed that the idea was that he was going to shoot up the tanks, tankers, tanks, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Cause a crazy diversion and like hurt more people, and then like escape out there. Which is why he had the scuba gear in the room. He was going to jump into the water? No, no. The idea was that he could put on the scuba mask, which had like a huge... Okay, so there's like a... It's a scuba mask with a huge blue tube uh-huh. that was like feeding into the other room that if they released gas into the room to like smoke him out, he could use that to keep breathing and out the door. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't make a lot of sense either because he also misses the fuel tanks. I think he hits them a couple of times. Before I, you know, I, I want to get to those fuel tanks actually more in a second. But I will say, like, Haig really kind of took a lot of fall for this. I mean, he's just like an ammunition reloader. What he does is the same thing that thousands of people do across this country. Police, I'm sure, buy bullets from many of them. Uh, but he really got kind of like the beam put on him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's buying, he was selling M196 tracer rounds. That's not, that's nothing that fucking crazy. I mean, tracer, I've shot tracer rounds. You know, they can light something on fire, but it's not like a fucking, you know, uh, you know, it's not an explosive bullet. Um, it's, yeah, his, his business associate tells some pretty weird stories. Like he went to go shoot with Haig and then purchased 5,000 rounds of explosive ammunition and then had his car burglarized immediately afterwards, which. I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, the FBI interviews uh, a couple other people that, that had purchased ammunition from Haig. One of them said that Haig said that uh, he actually sold his ammunition to the U.S. government for, for special projects, mm. um, which mm-hmm. – uh, and Haig was actually convicted in Las Vegas. Now, Haig lived in Arizona, but they had the trial in Vegas, which is – I mean, if there's ever a case to get a trial moved from Vegas, it is fucking that one. But uh, but well, the judge but blocked have, it. Yeah, of course they did because they needed a conviction of some. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Haig gets 13 months in prison, two years supervised release, and then can no longer own arms or ammunition. Oh, sorry. Uh, we we had to take a forty five minute break so that uh, that Felix could clean out some slots. But uh, but yeah, we're back. I have a slot machine. I thought that was a euphemism. I was like, Brace, that's really terrible, even for you. Oh no, it's, it's actually Lord. not that gross. What it actually is. So uh, we were talking about PB two during the break, which is a peanut butter protein type powder. Very good. Anyway, 
I like get that stuck in the area between my gut and my pectorals or tits, and I clean it out with a like toilet brush that I also <laughs> use on my toilet. Clean out the slot and lick it off. I'm cleaning you, out the slot. You know, I was asking someone the other day if they ever because you know Lemmy used to hang out at this bar in L.A. like the mm. Rainbow. I don't know Rainbow. Yeah, with Zanny, with, yeah. with Zanny Jardin. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, exactly. Yeah, used to our used nemesis. To, I used love to have, her. Um, missionary sex with her on the bar but uh <laughs> i was like i thought he was playing video poker and uh i was like yeah he just sits there he used to sit there and play video poker all day and like they're like no he doesn't play video poker he literally would play like the picture match game for like yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. hours a day that's Incredible. awesome yeah yeah um, you missed out brace i know but there's a there's a new lemmy in town um <laughs> another that. emphysemic 75 year old man i, I- I know this isn't the point, really, but of this episode, but I was laughing so hard about the Zenny tweet where she was like, when I was 13, I was drinking whiskey with lemon. It's like, that's so fucking dumb. Like, first of all, like, first of all, like, no, you weren't. Yeah. But second of all, it's like, that just, that doesn't make you seem cool. That makes him seem like he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Which he doesn't. Like, he was cool, but it's like. I love, like, Gen X shit like that where they're like, oh, what if I drank whiskey with Herman Melville? Yeah. Like, yeah. shut We're up. Like, you buddy, suck, dude. I fucking smoked weed with the Screaming Trees or something like that. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I rolled a joint for Dinosaur Jr. You shut know what up. I think? Now it's like, I mean, you don't see me going around being like, yeah, I hang out most days with Billie Eilish and like, you know, 17 year old kids that live in TikTok houses. Like, I think Liz just did a facial expression at that. No, like as in a managerial type way. And like, I don't fucking, it's gauche to brag about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm friends with the entire family of the emperor of Japan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm working. We're working on certain projects to bring back some things that people loved mm-hmm. in that country. <laughs> Stay tuned; big things coming. Yeah, I know. I, I was, I was, I was impressed that you have you have converted to bushido recently, right? Yeah. No. Well, the thing that, like, the thing is, man, I've been thinking a lot about my future and my legacy, uh, my legacy especially, and. I think I would like to be a Tengu. Mm. And I think this is sort of the only way I can. You can't like get into being a Tengu just as like some like Jewish guy who gets yeah. fatter every year. Not a lot you of have to, Jewish like, Tengus? Be, no, there are probably a few, but like not a lot. And it's like you like you have to you have to do something for the emperor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always said that. That's what I've been fo- I'm really focused on that this year. Yeah, it just, yeah. I think um, I was thinking the other day, so I've been, like, getting into uh, mids. Like, that's, like, bad weed? Yeah, I've been smoking. I've been, like, there's this, so there's this CBD that gets you high. Because it's what? just stimulating. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, really shitty weed, but for someone like me, who just, like, doesn't do anything, it, like, gets me, it's, I don't get paranoid. I've been, everyone says I've been in a better mood. And uh, I uh, the other day when I was on one of my mids journeys, I was thinking about how cool it would be if we lived in like not Sengoku because that would be kind of scary and yeah. a lot of wars, but like you know, like there's I, I'm the lord of uh, like queens, mm-hmm. and I live in a huge castle and a sprawling estate, and like all of my like 
lesser podcasters live there as vassal houses, but they yeah. still have pretty good lives. Like I have shinobis and I have samurai and shit and how cool that would be. And like, yeah, like Matt could be one of the lords, uh, lords of Wisconsin. Will obviously gets Manhattan. Like shit like that would be awesome. How cool it would be if you were the king of Queens. No, no, that is that belongs to the emperor. Of yeah, yeah, Kevin true. James. He'd be he'd be basically the emperor's like vassal in in, uh, and he would have vassals under him. I like a yeah. good vassal based system, like a vassal pyramid. I would be so nice to my vassals. Oh, I'd be, like, people I'd be have sweetheart. No, people have no idea like how well I I tip. You know, sometimes when there's girls around, certain, I tip really well. Yeah, yeah, and I'd have a bunch of girls around. Yeah, no, me too. Like there, I have a I have a streaming service that only girls can watch of yeah. me, yeah. a vlog of me, <laughs> and uh, they yeah, take extrapolate how well we tip. Think how nice oh we would God. be to our vassals, Jesus. like our shinobis. We'd be like, here's a new sword. I love you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I would get it like rare metals forged into things for them that would make them better at fighting. Yeah, and if there was a situation where it's like. You know, we, uh, you need to like die to prevent something. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, yeah, in a heartbeat. I can just like come back or live in the heavens. I really don't care. I'm gonna <laughs> well, be a Tengu. Speaking of one of the most, um, that was a bad segue. Back to Stephen Paddock. <laughs> That's a better segue. I think where we left before the break. By the way, on the break, I, I just walked around in circles in my living room, and then I went and bought an Arizona iced tea for the first time in 30 years. That sounds like something away. that the Paddock family would drink. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it gets you, it gets you really charged up. <laughs> Don't talk. The one rule we had in our house was never bother Stephen when he got into the Arizona or Arnold Palmer's. They awoke something terrible in him. They, they did. I mean, I feel fantastic now. Also, it's really dark. And I'm, I, I'm constitutionally incapable from recording in a room with a lot of light in it. You know, I've got to say something about the Arizona iced tea. What? Really, a lot of staying power. That brand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really had. I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of soft drinks, popular drinks. They come and it's go. Like the swastika. They come into the market, <laughs> but those cans, those Arizona cans. Here's the thing I think about them too. They cornered the market on the tall can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. One of the first secular tall cans you could drink that wasn't alcoholic. Absolutely. That's a good term, secular tall can. Well, I call it anything secular that like isn't. If I can't think of the word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. So speaking of get oh no, this is a good one. Check out this segue. Speaking of getting fueled up <laughs> with sugar and green tea, uh mm-hmm. except for jet fuel. Because we last left Steven when he was shooting these bullets he purchased from Mr. Haig, uh at uh sh- shooting them poorly at some fuel tanks at McCarran Airport. Mm. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Much ado was made, and curiously enough, from Radar Online, I think this is where this originated, which, by oh, the way, yeah, yeah. I Epstein that tried to buy with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, you know, a little siren. Wee-oo-wee-oo, spook alert, spook alert. You read this article, right, Felix? Yes, I did. Um, the, uh, Stephen was shooting at, well, he was shooting at these, these fuel tanks, and these fuel tanks are basically situated across a not very large parking lot from a a private jet service. Um, well, private air service, you know, whatever, uh, that has about six Boeings that fly from McCarran airport to places like 
Area 51 or, you know, there's a lot of test sites in Nevada. Um, and, uh, and, and basically if you work at one of those and you live in Vegas or maybe you're just coming in for a stay, uh, this is where you'd fly out of. It's called Janet Airlines. And now Janet, it's not actually called Janet Airlines. The call sign is just Janet. Um, there actually isn't really officially a name for it. Um, it's owned technically by the Air Force, but you know they contracted out. The, the, I think a, co- a few companies have been have been the people in charge of it. And you know, a lot of me again. This sounds weird, but like I want him to be shooting at these planes, mm. right? Oh, like, same. Yeah, like you want would, it to be a bigger thing that went awry. Exactly. Like I want it to be like Paddock was firing at these planes. You know, you know, they test the fucking, you know, speaking of Lockheed, they fucking, that's like, you know, Area 51s where they test like the U-2 and all these planes that Lockheed made. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but he didn't, he fired at the air tanks and, you know, maybe he thought he could blow up the, we could blow, excuse me, the fuel tanks. Maybe he thought he could blow up the fuel tanks and that would do like a badass chain explosion in the parking lot and that would get over to the planes and blow them up. But uh, but but the evidence isn't there. I will say it's one of those things, just like the other aerospace um, connections to this. That is like it glides either right above or right under the surface, like a like a sort of like a, a greasy film there, mm. and it doesn't like pe- fully penetrate all of the membrane in it, but it like lies right on top of it, like a like a little blanket. Um, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of people really focused on that part of it. And, and honestly, understandably so, it is sort of a sexy part. I mean, Area 51, for Christ's sake, there's, yeah, yeah I'll be real with you. Never been a big Area 51 guy, but, you know, I get that people uh, are. You I believe have in aliens? A, I, I mean, I believe in alien, uh, aliens, but uh, I don't know if that's what's at Area 51. I have a really embarrassing Area 51 memory yeah. where uh, I was watching a History Channel show about it when mm. I was like eight. And uh, I was like, I, I was watching it and they're like, it's in Groom Lake, Nevada. And I like ran into my dad's, like the, into my parents' bedroom. Like my dad was working on it. And I went, uh, I, dad, I got it. They screwed up. They told us where Area 51 is. <laughs> and he was like, so? I was like, you don't get it. We can go. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's you know that what though? Very sweet. Unimpeachable logic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did. When you're a kid, it makes sense. Oh Dude, yeah, well, they did tell you. The whole we thing is you're supposed go. to not know where it is, but it turns out yeah. that there's only so much room in Nevada. That's why yeah. you know it's like the Bermuda Triangle. It's like, hey, don't put it on a map. You know, Groom Lake, Nevada, is actually where they invented Discord. <laughs> okay, so I gotta say, there's other weird stuff of McCarran. Yes. yes. Now, I got a little bugged out late. You got way bugged the fuck out, bitch. You were texting me until like 3 a.m. And by the way, Liz usually goes to bed at 8 so she can get up really early and make me feel guilty for not texting her back until I get up. That's so true. I do. I do. I don't usually go to bed at 8, but definitely not 3 a.m. Also, it was like 1 o'clock. No, it was 1.45 was the last text you sent me because I was shocked. I took a screenshot of it. Okay, so I was watching some YouTubes. <laughs> Always the best way to start a sentence. <laughs> and this guy was like, okay, so he was, I think he was like a Q guy, whatever. Sometimes you got to look at this stuff. And he was playing the um, air traffic control audio, which is part of a bunch of the stuff that the Las Vegas police 
released. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really real. And it is really interesting hearing these guys, like, kind of report what they're seeing, like, as the shootings are happening. And, it you know, it takes them a while, obviously. Um, planes, I think they, they start downing, or not downing planes, but they start warning planes, like, pretty late. But I think that makes sense, considering, like, they're literally in an air traffic control center. They're not, like, seeing this stuff going on. No one really knows what's going on. Yeah. But at a certain point, and this is what these guys um, really, like, latch on to. At a certain point, the air traffic control guys report, act. they say, they're, like, telling all the planes, like, planes are downed, stay away, McCarran, whatever the air traffic control says, because we have active shooters on the runway. Hello. That's a little weird. Now... I have the most generous, this happens around, I think it's at like 10, oh fuck, I'm going to get it wrong and people are going to get mad at me, so I'm not going to say, but it's it's certainly after 10.05. It's much, yes, it's yes, much yes, after yes, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and what's, the most generous reading I can give is that the SWAT team at some point is there and what the air traffic control guys are reacting to are seeing SWAT members out on the field with their guns out. Yeah. But then it's like, why would they be on the tarmac at the airport? Well, uh, for, uh, for my immediate guess, because I, I watched some of those videos too, even though that guy has like 500 videos, I did, I did, I did yeah, take a selection Yeah, they're also very them. annoying. It's that like Q style where it's like, here, we are to tell you the truth. It takes them fucking forever to get to the point. It's like, they, dude, they're just all like get to movie the point. trailers. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it takes so long. I'm just like, can you just tell me what's going on? I don't want to watch. Exactly. All of this. Just do a voiceover. Just have your weird voice and a voiceover. Dude, I don't, like, just do it's, it. It's just fine. Say it. Fuck. Yeah, the McElroy brothers have a podcast. You can do it. <laughs> um, it's it is uh yeah it it's they do talk about active shooters on the runway. Um. The thing that I immediately kind of leapt to, because there are a lot of reports of shooters all over Vegas that night. The thing I kind of leapt to was either a miscommunication and that there's active shooting and that, that sort of like they were just being as cautious as possible or yeah, or SWAT team, something like that there. Because as far as I know, like that's the thing is there are, there is an incredible uh, uh, number of reports of shooters and shooting going on at locations that is not in on floor thirty two of the Mandalay Bay that night. Yeah. Like a, a hell of a lot of them. Came and there in. are witnesses talking about how Bellagio was like blown out, which is very yeah. interesting. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you know, people shoot, saying that they're shooting in the festival, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there are no reports of anything actually shot. Well, yes. That, so that's what it makes me think. It's like the SWAT guys with their guns out. However, it would also be strange for them to have their guns out because that would mean that they were looking into something that was going on at the airport. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, a SWAT, I don't think, was deployed to the airport either. But th- I know. That's why it's very strange. Now, this guy's video is also... <laughs> now that I'm talking about the YouTube guy. Um, he also gets into what he says he's looking at the the activity that was going on at McCarran during this time. And he pinpoints a plane that lands very like, like right when um, Paddock starts shooting. Yeah. Like the and same then, moment basically. And then points to a bunch of helicopters that take off. Right. What do they say? Exfiltrate. I like that. 
Yeah, yeah. They always use that like kind of like crazy <laughs> Felix, language. That Felix has like a, don't a knowing smile on his face. It's not yeah. slowly. I'm just I'm thinking of things I say to girls. <laughs> I'm, I'm exfiltrating the whole foods. <laughs> I, I love to exfiltrate bowl. girls to second locations. <laughs> I hate, no, we're not I talking about Blazarian yet. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they show these like helicopters go up, and like that mm-hmm. did happen. Yeah, Maverick Helicopter Company. Yeah, uh, eight helicopters, right? Not sure. I'd name my helicopter after the nickname of the guy who famously crashed his plane. Mm. Sorry, I but was doing what's a so okay? Thing. There are some witnesses that say they saw <laughs> helicopters in the sky. Which yes, they I have be- some big fucking problems with this, but yes. Well, there were helicopters in the sky, so they're correct. Okay, yeah, well, that's not okay. Boom, gotcha there. Um, (laughs) Keep going, going, smarty pants. What they do say, and this is the thing that Bruce doesn't like because we already talked about this over text at one o'clock in the morning. Um, What they do say is that they think that there were those helicopters were shooting. No, they weren't. They were not shooting. Hold on, I'm saying what the eyewitnesses say, okay? Mm -hmm. And the YouTubers, sky witnesses. So the eyewitnesses. That are getting shot at say, and there's this guy, you know, they have the videos. They see these flashes of light in the sky, and what they're saying at that is that those are helicopters shooting down at the crowd. So they're suggesting that Stephen Paddock did not act alone, that those helicopters that now again I want to be clear, the helicopters that did actually in fact leave McCarran, that yes. is not disputed, that did happen. Did happen. That they were shooting down at the crowd. Now that is obviously disputed. Let me dispute it real quick. Okay. Dispute that is fucking bullshit. Away. First of all, Paddock does not have the clout to call in a door gunner. Wait, why are you saying for- it's him doing it? Because that's what called. You got, you got to call in backup. Why would Pat? Wait, why suddenly Paddock is. No, no. They're suggesting Paddock is the Patsy, not the fucking main guy. Oh, well, all right. First of all, so when you shoot a gun, Liz, here, I can show you real quick. No. Okay. Um, when you shoot a gun, a shell casing ejects from your gun. It goes, bing, and then it hits the guy at the range next to you, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, uh, you have sex with him. So uh, that happens when you shoot a gun. Like, they, the bullets, like, it's not just like the bullet comes out and the, yeah, okay, the, the, I know the, that. the rest yeah, of the bullet yeah. doesn't go anywhere. So if you're flying over... Oh, you're saying there'd be casings everywhere. There'd be casings fucking everywhere. We and just it's say not like that. The, what is this, a YouTube? Just say what you're saying. There'd be fucking casings everywhere. There would also be muzzle. I saw the video of the helicopters. There's no muzzle flashes coming from No, there. that's what they're saying that those flashes are. No, those are lights. No, they're saying that they're... No, they're saying... No, I saw the video. Okay, look. Okay. I'm just saying that's yes. what the video is saying. I'm recording yes. on the YouTubes. Yes. Yeah. I know. No, that's a big theory. I mean, that was that's a really big theory with this yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, the the thing is with with Vegas stuff. You know, there's people who are like, oh, it's crisis acting. It's all fake. Blah blah. blah. That's not that big. But some of these alternate theories like that. I mean, I I I, I just there and I would again. You know, if that was true, I would be the first to blindly believe it without looking anything up. Um. But like so, I, I just there's so much to the the helicopter thing that I can't get behind. I, and I do. I'm not saying that those helicopters didn't take off from a Karen, and that is you know pretty wild that seven helicopters basically took off in yeah. tandem right next to the shooting as it was going on. But 
I don't believe that they were shooting. Also, it's really hard to hit something even from a stationary position. And you're fucking flying around on these things. I mean, come on. That's like, I've seen Black Ops well, I guess Ops you down. just got the numbers on your side. You got that many gun guys. Yeah, it yeah. But the then there's even guy. more shells. I, I mean, that's, I think if there's, I, I watched that video too. And I watched, yes. I watched multiple videos where it was like, there were lights reflecting off the Luxor and the Grand. Mm. And they're like, oh, are they like, a lo- some of them that I watched were like, uh, hey, some people in the comments have been saying that these are, these are muzzle flashes. I'm not sure. I don't know what people think. And it's like. I I don't know. I'm not going to act like I can just identify muzzle flashes on site, especially when it's like a 480p video that was taken. Yeah. Like, yeah. Probably someone pretty nervous and shaking the camera around. But I do think, and I generally think this with most mass shootings, that probably way more often than we're told, there are cops, just like how yep. we know there are cops who freeze up, I think there are cops who go crazy and probably hit people like they just don't know what the fuck to do. And that probably gets completely swept under the rug. That probably just like they, okay. They're everyone. Like when that happens, like the governor, like the fucking, like they're like, no, no one can find out about this. Like no Mm -hmm. one can find out we did this. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I think, uh, I think we have a lot of similar theories and a lot of conspiracies that some of them, obviously are huge plots and it's like attempted meticulous planning a lot of moving parts i think a lot of other conspiracies are someone in some position of power like either big or small fucked up so bad and like did not the exact wrong thing they would want to do but displayed like a level of incompetence and cowardice and idiocy that would be like they think destructive if it got out right yeah yeah, And I think there's, like, I don't know, like, just going by the videos, I don't know. I'm not going to act like I'm that much of an expert on guns or anything, or, like, I know for a fact the muzzle flashes should have only be coming to a certain spot. I don't know. There's, like, mirrored glass everywhere in Vegas. There's a lot of explanations for that. It could just be lights from the helicopter. But as far as, like, did, like why do we know so little Maybe a cop, like, freaked out and just yeah, fucking... started blasting. Yeah. And you would, like... I don't know. Just the amount of blackout around it. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, speaking of speaking of uh, someone freaking out and wanting to fire back, one of my favorite human beings uh, to exist in this <laughs> or any other time period was present that evening. And that would yes. be Dan Bilzerian. Um. The great, he's Armenian, right? Uh, yeah, he is half Armenian. His dad was a famous corporate raider, then convicted of embezzlement. Correct. Um, he, uh, Blazarian, uh, sort of, he's a social media influencer. Everyone listening probably knows who he is. There's recently, he kind of, he didn't really, I wouldn't call it like canceled, but he got like people were like, oh, your entire thing is like built on credit and shit. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah, you're it's not made rich. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, his his. I mean, he also has a stupendously weak jaw, which he hides with a really angular beard. Um, That's how you gotta <laughs> do it. But and like, just pays. I think. I think people kind of just got sick of his shtick. Like, he can only pay, post the same like eight videos of you, like you know, palling around with you know some model who 
probably not having sex with uh you know in a in an infinity pool in bali but uh yeah. but you know his whole thing is he he flunked out of buds uh twice he, meaning buds is the is like the navy seal uh training program essentially yeah it's like their grad school like you take <laughs> navy seal gre of killing a regular service member and stealing a thousand dollars yes you exactly can get in. They also teach you how to start your own screen printing shirt company afterwards and <laughs> yeah. uh, and and how to beat your wife. Those are the yeah. two main courses that they have there. Navy SEALs, like when Minority Report and like genetic testing is better, when it's real, um, you, they'll be able to just pick out who could be a SEAL by who has the woman killer gene. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, speaking of door gunners, Jesus fucking Christ. You know, those people. I hate Navy. I fucking hate Navy SEALs. Um, that is an episode we have to do with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We Either got, yeah, on we got to do or cross- on ours. We yeah, need to- crossover Navy SEAL episode. I, that would be fantastic, yeah. actually. Um, but uh, but Dan Bilzerian, I actually watched an interview with him the other day. Uh, he only does very softball interviews because he doesn't do anything. There's no reason for anyone to ever interview. He doesn't have a job. He says he got all his money playing poker, which is obviously fake. He, first of all, doesn't have that much money. Second of all, it's from probably the money your fucking dad embezzled. 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, it's – and it's like – you can yeah. All the interviews about him are like, "What's your lifestyle like?" Yeah, yeah. And it's like, "What do you think?" It, it's yeah. The only like good probing interview you could do with him is like a good financial, like a forensic accountant, yes, or like a a guy who's like just Howard Stern in his prime. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're a fucking loser, dude. <laughs> it instead he's just like on fucking. Well, no, he's not actually. I, for some reason, my brain was just like, "Say no jumper," right there. Well, he—he's he, probably done no jumper. His like, there's a whole Ponzi scheme of YouTube where it's like a bigger influencer will do an interview with a guy with like thirty-five subscriber, thirty-five thousand subscribers. He bought called like Emblazon Media. Yeah, where yeah. it's like a little bit about me. In the National Guard, I got my toe blown. I got my toe blown off. I put a gun in my mouth and killed my wife. And then I, I found perseverance through the Fifty Laws of Power. Yeah. And now I do interviews with people who have the emblazoned spirit, and it's like no one who has a job. No, no, never. No, it makes yeah. entirely all the money comes from ad revenue for Black Rifle Coffee. Which, by the yeah. way, this episode is sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> Who, despite them also sponsoring Stephen Paddock's murder spree, uh, we do accept money from them. I feel like um, some, Tony, Tony Robbins needs to somehow be involved in this story. So, anyways, Dan Bilzerian is at uh, you know he's a big Vegas guy. He's at the festival. Uh, he believe he is backstage while Aldine is playing, and a, a series of Instagram live videos shows him like taking fire, like in selfie mode, like you know not actually taking fire, but like you know shots coming down around him, um, and. There is a fantastic video that night of him going up to a cop who's taking cover and being like, give me a gun. Yeah. And the cop being like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, like, get away from me. Um, they, it's amazing. I, I So I was thinking a lot about that. And I think it was one of those things that was, like, too funny for most people to talk about when it happened. Yeah. But it's also, like, I mean, I got to say, I hate to say it. But credit for Dan, to Dan Blazarian, because I would have, if you described the event he was at before it happened, I'd be like, 
oh, Blazarian just runs like everyone yeah. else, right? Which is like no, it's no insult to like it. it I would speak run. Bad. Uh, yeah, I would run too. But it's like, well, I mean, he did like want to do something. Dude, it's what was very this? unlikely he would have made anything better, and it's more. It's very likely he would have made things worse, probably. But it's like, well, he didn't like freak out. I guess so. Like, I, I guess, I. I I guess, I mean, he's, that's like one part of his personality that's like, kind of real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's on coke, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Um, He does go back to his house, live streams himself getting a gun and returning, but then turns back around because it's over. I mean, the shooting lasts fucking 10 minutes. Um, The next day, he posts several videos of him practicing boxing with Steve Aoki. I mean, as, as one does. Yeah. So that's, you know, well, that's what the victims like. Someone was dying. Someone was someone like a husband and wife whose like baby was at home. They were like, "No, you you have to live on for us, Dan. We met in the comments of your videos. You have to live on. You have to do an awesome video of Steve Aoki in our memory." And he was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we would be, of course, transitioning now to talk about another little media darling who uh, had some difficulties after the shooting, which would be hero of the evening, Jesus Campos. Um, The greatest hero in American history. One of the, and, and, and just like with Eric Paddock, I really would recommend listeners to check out Jesus Campos's whole thing. Like, I, you know, he's not, not on video a lot, but like, (laughs) just, yeah, just on Ellen. Check That's out the only what's, thing you'll ever hear about him. Yeah, check out what's going on with that guy. Because like we mentioned before, first on the scene, first person to get shot, or maybe like the 50th person to get shot. It's rather unclear. But according to MGM at first, he was the first person to get shot. Um, and he kind of stays up basically the whole time during the whole shooting, hiding in that hallway, which again, Jesus Campos, unarmed guy. He's a security guard there. He is not armed like... I'm not ex- sure what the fuck anyone expected this guy to do in the first place. He's not even up there to investigate the shooting. Um, but his behavior in the aftermath of the shooting is uh, intense, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's very strange. So he, yeah, he becomes a kind of national sensation because everyone is like, oh my God, this is a guy who tried to stop everyone. And I think MGM at first was like, oh, we got to put this guy front and center because see, look, our staff tried to do something. Don't get mad at us. This guy's here. He tried, you know, and then it kind of became, you know, as the media kind of descended on all of this, um, it kind of became clear, I think, from the uh, big players at the table, you guys like that, that um, there was a need to control some of the narrative and what was going on as the investigation was ongoing and they were trying to figure out kind of <laughs> what the situation was and um, what the deal with Paddock was. So it seems pretty clear that the casinos were like, hey, hey, Zeus, get the fuck out of here because hey, Zeus just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and he that was a big story at the time. Dude, he was scheduled for five. They had him scheduled for five TV interviews and like big ones like Fox News, like Hannity, ABC, NBC, like all the morning shows, like doing like big publicity thing. And he just like fucking bounced. They found him like, 
in the Mexican border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going Very to Baja, strange. California, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like... I don't know. It just seems very clear that it was the casinos really intervening, which is an interesting angle. And the one that the the documentary about um, that that documentary that recently came out about the shooting kind of like focuses on is the casinos and the guys that run Vegas. But um, you know, it, they it basically seems clear that Mandalay and MGM, who's the parent company behind Mandalay Bay, was really like pressuring Campos. Um, to one, not go on all those TV shows and instead got him out of the country so he wouldn't go on the TV shows and everyone yep. would just be like, hey, we don't know where you are. That's so weird. Where is he? Then they schedule his appearance, his grand return to America and his appearance on television for the Ellen show. Okay, maybe the Q people have a little bit of a point. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think it's cute how in the documentary they make a connection. They're like, Ellen DeGeneres, who... Mandalay Bay has a relationship with because she has a line of video <laughs> slot machines. It's like, well, I don't think it's like, well, I mean, it's just listen, kind of a some of us have gotten divorces really. <laughs> because maybe we did spend a lot of our money on the Ellen slot machines because they seemed lucky. Okay. Sorry. Let me get back to Jesus. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you're right to say that this was a big scandal at the time. This really was. And I mentioned Tucker and Loomer before, and these guys, I mean, Tucker, was really covering a lot of this stuff and Fox was really covering a lot mm -hmm. of this stuff. And there was a big thing too, because his producer was like on a search for Jesus. <laughs> this was like a segment <laughs> on the Tucker Carlson show. <laughs> and then the, I think they're the ones that like located him at the border, which God knows. I mean, you can get probably just have one. a guy permanently stationed down there. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I guess the producer like called the police, I call, I think they called the FBI and, the um, El Las Vegas PD. And they were like, where's Jesus? We're trying to locate this guy, blah, blah, blah. And the whole segment was just like how rude this guy was to the, to Tucker. And he always follows it up with, just so you know, I love law enforcement, but this is a very strange incident, something like that. Anyway, it was a huge thing. At this point, it's in the papers. It comes out, you know, um, TV insiders, gossip pages, MGM behind the decision to call off all of this, call off all the interviews. They're going to make the deal with Ellen. Jesus goes on Ellen. One of the weirdest interviews you'll ever see. Totally bizarre. Yes. So, Jesus, you're the security officer, and, uh, and, uh, and you were called to check on a door that was, I guess when a door is left open for a certain amount of time, you're, you're supposed to go check on it, right? Yes, we got notifications making sure that uh, uh, to secure them, or if they were already been secured, just uh, making that uh, that check on the doors. Okay, so you were going up the fire escape to get there? Uh, via the stairwell. From, mm -hmm. I was coming from the 31st up to the 32nd. Right. Uh, when I approached the door, uh, it didn't open, and it, it was blocked off, so I had to reroute. Um, is that a normal thing that the door at the fire escape or the stairwell would be blocked off? No, they're always supposed to remain open. Right. And so um, after I would drop down and then came back through the hallway, uh, and then I approached the room, got into the door. Uh, there was a metal bracket holding the door in place. Right. So what we're talking about here, just so everybody is clear. Okay. So this is where the, the hotel room was, where the shooter was. This is the stairway, where, and this door here was blocked. And you didn't know that till you came up in the, in, through the elevator and went through this door and saw that there was 
something blocking that door. And, and when you saw that, did you think, that's weird, why would somebody put brackets on a door? Yeah, that, that's just uh, out of the ordinary. Now, obviously, Ellen, I mean, look, okay, this is the biggest, <laughs> this is the biggest mass shooting in American history, and the guy who was the first on the scene, the only the only interview he's ever done is on daytime talk show with Ellen DeGeneres. Like, the most softball of softballs. This isn't even Meghan Markle on Oprah, okay? This is, like, way crazier than that. Uh, it's, it's, if you watch the interview, you can basically see Ellen leading him oh, yeah. into every answer, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it's... Listen, I'm sh- a lot of normal people, you know, I'm sure freeze when they see cameras. Not a guy like me who's, you know, Jewish, naturally in my blood, very producer type peoples. But like, uh, you know, no, you know, you're you're all of a sudden you're in this really traumatic situation and then you're thrust into like one of the most watched shows I assume on TV. Um but it's still very strange. I mean, she's treating him like a literal fucking child mm-hmm. and like, you know, like didn't this happen to you at this point and like it's 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 almost like too much not to notice. I mean, it is too much yeah. to notice. I noticed it. It's a totally. I mean, everyone interview. really remarked on how strange it was. It's one of the things that helped fuel the conspiracy around all this. Yeah, it was one of the most like awkward and strange. Just like it, very dissociative piece of TV. Which, yes, like, yes. I mean. I guess Ellen kind of specializes in because she's such a fucking weird person, but like mm-hmm. this especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's an uncomfortable watch. Yeah. Just to like, I mean, it was the LA times was report doing a lot of reporting on this. Um, they were one of the people who actually sued in order to get uh, a lot of the actual police records released because the LVP, I keep saying LVPD, but it sounds wrong because I'm so used to saying LAPD, so I apologize. I keep pausing about that. No, you're the, doing it like the traditional way. The LVPD, um, you know, they were being really cagey and, and, and just had totally botched the whole thing, going back and forth, taking forever, not releasing any information. They were, like, prohibiting people from posting videos, all this stuff. Um, and so the LA Times, along with a couple other publications, sued in order to get all of this stuff released. Um, and we're, actually, because of them, that's one of the reasons why, you know, even some of the like body cam footage is even, and it's not even all of it, some of the body cam footage is publicly available. But they were reporting at the time, and they were just like, I mean, even Jesus's union didn't know where he was. Yeah, like they literally yeah. like disappeared him <laughs> away on a little like they're like hey take a vacation get out of here um there's like it's super weird this is from the la times reporting on it david hickey president of security police fire professionals of america union said it had been four days since he last saw jesus campos we had no contact with him clearly somebody knows where he is they said he was on with campos on thursday coordinating a bunch of the interviews that he was scheduled to give Hannity, CNN, CBS, ABC, NBC. He was staying in a suite in a Las mm-hmm. Vegas hotel. They don't say which hotel, but I think we can go. 432 uh, Mandalay Bay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hickey said he was attending a meeting with MGM representatives in one room of the suite as Campos waited with a security guard hired by MGM. By the way, MGM had security guards at Paddock's brother's house as well. Yeah. And another union member in the living room. When the meeting ended at about 2 p.m., Hickey said Campos was no longer in the room. (laughs) When I got in touch with the other union member, I was told Campos was taken to the Quick Care Health Clinic. He didn't hear from the guard afterward and announced to a scrum of reporters that night that Campos had canceled interviews. That's literally like the last time we saw him. And then he just fucking shows up days later on Ellen. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the thing is, too, is that Campos was apparently gifting a pair of condos and some undisclosed amount of money by MGM management as yeah. well in the aftermath of this. I believe no longer working for MGM either. But I mean... The thing is with Campos is that I think they wanted to to make him a hero or make him be the face of it. Something went wrong with that, and and they basically yeah. had to do tri- triage. Well, his story is very weird, I gotta yeah. say. And there's like some stuff in the police report that doesn't make sense. He says that he doesn't recall seeing um, a bunch of stuff, like including the uh, room service cart. He's like has no recollection of seeing that in front of the room with the cameras. Which you think he would remember that if he was saying that he was being shot at through the peephole, which would be directly mm-hmm. above where the food service cart was. Just some strange stuff like that that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like I mentioned the stuff about the SOS system that they said he was responding to. Like he initially goes to the top, he goes to the 32nd floor. Or excuse me, he goes to the thirty third floor. Is trying to get down from there, but can't because that's you know the the door is locked. It's like why did he go up there to go down? None of it actually really makes any sense given what the hotel has been saying. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I think MGM has a lot. Look, MGM has a lot of money riding on all of this. I mean, that's the other big thing. Like casino revenue in Nevada. It accounts for 35% of the total tax revenue of the entire state. And 15% is that mm-hmm. for me alone. <laughs> no, that's so much. Gaming alone is about 45.2% of the entire hospitality industry. Yeah. So it's like $622 million that it brought the state in 2020. With the hotel yeah. casinos bringing in, like, alone, $380 million. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge business. And, and it's like... That's something that cannot be separated from the essentially the response and then the aftermath of this mm. too. I mean, one of the big people that whose name I remembered through all, all of this is is Sheriff Lombardo, yeah, right? Sure. You know, this guy is fucking getting in front of the audience. It base and it really does feel like a show, a lot of his press conferences and giving these really, you know, talking about how much Vegas means to him. I mean, he was a first term sheriff. He was running for reelection, I think the year afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was this this like shooting that happened a couple months before the year's end. Um, but you know, it, it was really in Lombardo's sort of um interest to not make it look like they flubbed any part of this and mgm has a huge financial stake obviously in fucking nevada politics i mean they contributed a million dollars to his re-election yeah mgm is the largest taxpayer in clark county the largest taxpayer they have they're the largest property owner like in las vegas proper just massive massive company so what do you guys because this is the question I couldn't put together with Campos. Mm. Like, what do you think is being concealed here? Because it's clearly something. Yeah. 
what do you think it is? Because it um, could be like the, the I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what it could be. I don't even have a theory. Well, I think it I think there's a, a couple of things that it could be. I think one was that Campos getting shot was a pretty integral part of the timeline discrepancy between Las Vegas PD and MGM. I don't know what investment they have in making that timeline match up so well. I mean, obviously, it's to cover up for one of them fucking up. Honestly, I would probably trust MGM to know that better than the Las Vegas PD, considering how much they bungled basically everything else and and how tightly run casinos can be. Um, But it still doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, maybe he saw just like in that hallway. I mean, I've seen body, I've seen a lot of body cam footage from that hallway, but maybe he saw something there. Like these guys are not taking it seriously. You know, maybe, you know, you talk about officer Hendricks, you know, pausing outside that door for 10 minutes while people get shot outside. Um, Maybe. And my other theory is like, it's not a conspiracy theory. My other theory is this guy just might not be all be all there, you know, and they don't yeah. they didn't want him in front of the cameras because he could say something about MGM or like, you know, he wouldn't give a good impression. I mean, they those casinos manage and massage their uh, their their public face so much, right? That like compost just being a moron could be like bad for the brand, or there could be something else that we don't even fucking know about. Yeah, I think yeah. that. I I mean I think that a couple things you said are are right. I I I really think the casinos were really concerned. Like their primary concern, MGM's primary concern is one we can't handle a lawsuit and two Las Vegas cannot lose any fucking revenue. If people think that this is a site of terrorist attacks or shooter attacks or whatever, like we are fucked. The entire city, the entire state is act is absolutely fucked, and it's almost like crazier than when the mob ran it. You know what I mean? Because it's like now these like giant multinational companies with investors literally all over the place. Um, you know, we talked about the Saudi, you know, the Saudis owning uh, apartments in the Four Seasons or the Four Seasons owning that stuff. I mean, that's literally all just parking money. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's what real estate all is. So there's a lot of fucking money at stake here that I think goes underappreciated when we talk about, like, when we kind of, like, speculate on, you know, different actors' kind of decisions and their decision-making. Um, so I do think that that's correct. But then little tinfoil hat Liz says, I think that he saw something that he was not supposed to see. And I also think that the way that he came, I I don't buy the story about the about how he ended up on the thirty second floor. Doesn't make any sense. So I think there's something there that the casinos maybe don't want to reveal. Whether it's that the the kind of security protocols that they have in place are not a, like what they're supposed to be or what they publicly say they are. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like as innocent as that, or maybe something you know, maybe something more happened. Yeah, and I guess, like, what do you think, like, besides, yeah, like, the cops not taking it seriously or just, like, being outright afraid or, like, indiscriminately firing, what else do you think he could have seen? Because it's just, it's so wide open, you know? Well, that would bring me to something that I want to talk about, which is... 
Stephen Paddock's airplane. All right. Which has been the subject of a lot of conspiracy Twitter threading. We'll say everyone knows that type. The the un like thread wrap mm-hmm. or whatever unthreaded thread reader. Yeah, thread reader. That's what it's called. Whatever. I never know how to say these things. So Stephen Paddock owned two airplanes. Now it's like really reported about Paddock. I mean, the the police port like goes into this at length, and many people have talked about this. Like, oh, he was the kind of guy who just like got into hobbies, and then he got really into it, and he would buy a ton of stuff, but then like sell it because he wasn't into it anymore. Like, yeah, like he was into water skiing, and then you know, yeah, totally, you know, cars, blah blah, blah, and then he'd get out of it. Yeah, yeah, and they say the same thing about planes, which is like, okay, that's a huge. I mean. Those are expensive toys, but, yeah. and like, you know, pilot's license, all that stuff. It's like, you know, not, it's not like. You don't actually need one. Who's going to pull you over up there? That's the thing people don't understand. You don't need a pilot's license. You literally can't get pulled over. So he, okay. So it's reported by multiple outlets and by the LVPD that he owned two airplanes. We can only find information on one. I can't find any information on the second plane. Yeah. Well, um, it did crash six years prior, or excuse me. <laughs> 16 years prior in Manhattan, but yeah. I, do you, um, if you have like the calls, I have a friend who's like, um, he's very trained for planes. I know, I think I know who you're talking about. Our friend Michael. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got to get Michael on this, man. I actually, you know what's funny is I actually texted Michael, or I messaged Michael about this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, 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 Michael, Michael has consulted on some of the paddock stuff with me, but I I couldn't find anything. He, man. But I didn't ask him about this. I should have. Oh, yeah, no, I, because I was just like, yeah, he showed me some crazy shit. And uh, I don't know, like, maybe he could find it, but it if they're hiding it, like, yeah. it sounds like they are, you know? Well, it does seem like, okay, I think a lot of information was scrubbed, which is very suspicious. So, um, he had a lapsed pilot's license. I do want to put that out there, Paddock. Mm-hmm. So, he didn't renew his pilot's license. But one of the planes he did have, the one that we can't find information on... Is a Cirrus? Am I saying that right? Cirrus? Yeah. SR20. Um, it kind of looks like a little prop plane. I can't imagine it can go very far. Maybe like 700 miles or something. I don't know. Um, that's just my guess. But he did have another private plane. But this is the only one we have. It's 2004. This is the first year they made this plane. Um, I have a picture of it in this little document right here. Can you guys see it? I, I, I see. It's a nice little, cute it's little It's cute, plane. right? I do kind of want, I wonder if that's him. I don't know. <laughs> you think that's him in the stock photo you took of the plane? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how he okay. made his millions. He's a stock <laughs> yeah. photo model. Yeah, yeah that's because they're like 500 bucks to use. <laughs> so, um, okay. So they are like $300,000. These are not cheap. Okay. Um, they're also, I do want to point out, they're used as trainers in the U.S. Air Force. Mm-hmm. So he bought this in 2006. Um, the t- chain of title and how he like sells it off is a little confusing. The FAA records of this have been completely scrubbed. You can't find it. However, the data at one point was downloaded to FlightAware. You know that website yeah, where you can like yeah, track yeah. flights? And so you can look at it there. That's the only record of it that exists, which is very weird. The FAA should not have... That should not be scrubbed, by the way. So, 
bunch of little gumshoots on the internet. They're looking into this. They report that flights of this plane of recently were hitting about 200 miles per hour, even though it has a listed cruising speed of 178. Now, yeah, now obviously, if you're really putting the fucking metal to pedal the metal. Yeah, and there could be tailwind, or or you could fly it. Have to fly it through hoops in the sky during some kind tinfoil of hot, tinfoil course. hat. Maybe it's souped up. Ah, okay. So this plane, this little little prop guy, this was sold to a company called. Okay, first it was sold to a company. Transferred ownership was transferred to a company called Ush. It's actually USH, but I want to call it Ush. <laughs> <laughs> you really like that one don't you you like that ush, makes huh? me laugh ush awful anyway this is a really fucking weird company i sent you the website to this it's called that stands for universal student housing it's owned by this guy named emerson taurus now one of dsa's biggest demands <laughs> this dude this company is so weird it's 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 like a fucking Airbnb where it matches like host families with people who international guys who have student visas or new work visas looking for places to stay. I mean, it's like total slumlord shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you come to you 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 come from Yugoslavia to modeling school in New York. You stay with my friend Paul. Yeah, it's like real creepy. So that guy, Emerson Torres. Who he he gets the title of Paddock's Plane in 2010. He is also owns a company. So this company is registered the same address that Ush is registered to, called Jessa Air LLC, J E S A. Now that name shares a name with a company called Jessa Air Africa, which is very weird. That's those are very similar. No, I mean it's the same one except with Africa in it. Yeah, so that one like was started by Africa. this guy it's named we can't sue him. Neil Ellis, who was a pilot from South Africa, who worked for a little outfit called Executive Outcomes. Right on. And uh, did a bunch of mercenary work in Sierra Leone. <laughs> it's very weird. That company, Jessa Air LLC, that shows that shows up in the Panama Papers. It was incorporated in the in the Bahamas by like the big fucking for Mossack Finesca. Um, so that's really fucking weird, right? After the plane is owned by Ush, it is then transferred to a company called Volant LLC, and a lot of the kind of the little Pepe's latched onto this. Um, Volant LLC. It's weird because, again, the records have been scrubbed, but it does seem that Paddock and this guy, John, uh, John W. Rogers, who is the owner of the company Volant, had concurrent ownership of the plane. I don't understand how that could work. Yeah, I, I start to lose it around this point. Yeah, it doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. Anyway, Volant LLC is looks to be a shell company, um, and it's out of Roanoke. It shares a very eerily similar name. Like we said, all these little rhymes all over this case uh, with something called Volant L Associates LLC. Volant LLC versus Volant Associates LLC, which is a, an incredibly famous, in fact, uh, like software defense contractor. They do network services for the CIA uh, out of Virginia. This is fucking weird, right? 
So yeah. it's 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 a lot of. It, I mean, I think I think you're kind of hitting on the he- head there with with rhyming essentially because Rogers, the guy the guy he buys it from too, or the, excuse me, the guy who buys the plane from the guy who bought it from Paddock, or maybe shares co ownership again. Like it's, I I looked into this. It's difficult to kind of get the papers on this uh, on mm. the screen. And uh, this guy is of course a colonel in the Air Force Reserve. Um, he's a doctor actually and and i think when you're a doctor and especially he's a he's a he's a i think a radiation oncologist which is mm-hmm. my friend chris uh Lowville does the same thing in texas um and he's also like very wrapped up in all of this oh yeah chris Lowville has his fingers all in this yeah well, but he also made up for it he treated all the patients mm-hmm. he, he said the- he zelled them 300 dollars to get their nails done <laughs> yeah all um, the girl like if you were a girl who got shot at the jason aldean concert like you like your life was actually made better by virtue of chris lowville absolutely he gave you a million dollars and hugged and kissed you and went on a cute little day day date to they call him the medical goat he's a medical legend (laughs) yes so so this guy i mean when when, you when you're in like a specialist and you join something like the air force reserve um although i believe he was actually in the regular air force before this uh, you know, they give you they give you a commission essentially. Like, so it's mm. not like this guy worked his way up from, uh, you know, pilot. I'm not, I'm not pilot. I don't even know what the fuck the first rank. The Air Force is fake. Um, yeah, bullshit. It's totally bullshit. Mm. But uh, but but he's also obviously a pilot too. And like I like like I'm talking about the fucking Air Force for some reason has like this miasma all over yeah, this, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's you can't get away from that anywhere you turn to in the paddock stuff. You're faced with something that has something to do with the fucking Air Force. And so that, to me, like, I smell something there, but I can't make out the contours of what it is. I can't see it. I can just fucking sniff it. Um, and yeah, so this guy, this guy, I mean, he has Paddock's plane. Yeah, he still flies it. They like yeah. It's like re-registered. It has a different tail number, which I'm, I wonder if that happened because of the Pepe stuff. But um, I think that just happens sometimes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it still flies. I mean, you can see, I, I just, can you imagine being like, I'm in Steven Paddock's airplane? That's fucking weird, man. But, yeah. Felix, you asked me, okay, so what brought me to this, this little anecdote, this little story about the plane? So one of the big conspiracy theories around this, as I'm sure people are aware, is that this was a gun-running deal gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And people pointed to the airplane and some of its very strange ties with what sort of, I would say, you know, very vaguely look like uh, some highly suspect uh, nefarious actors involved in this air in this airplane and various activities, international or otherwise. Um, but that that basically what people really latched onto at the time, what they were really uh, kind of like trying to connect it to, was a bunch of the gun running ATF scandal that happened with Holder and Obama. And, yeah, Fast and Furious. Yeah, the Fast and Furious stuff. And it's which I swear to God they named it that, so it's hard to Google. Yeah, dude, probably. <laughs> yeah, dude. So okay, so that's this is what's crazy. So I was looking into this because, like, right before we started recording, I was like, "Damn, I haven't heard a lot from the Fast and Furious stuff. Like, what the fuck happened with that? I kind of totally forgot about it. Just like the whole, um, the whole scandal. It was it was such a big thing in the during the Obama admin. But so what it what. <laughs> What happened was, I guess that the House, like Congress, was in a standoff with DOJ, and they had censured, 
I guess censured is the right term. Anyway, they had like held in contempt or whatever Eric Holder at the time mm-hmm. for not releasing any uh, like all of the files on the on the full program that they were running. But so they agreed, they came to an agreement in the, during the fucking Trump admin that they would not release any of the documents so long as they could also hold in contempt William Barr for Mueller report stuff. Jesus. So they made no a idea. fucking deal of like, okay, you get this guy in contempt, you get that guy in contempt, Republicans, Democrats, or whatever. So we actually are never, ever going to see, most likely we're never going to see full documentation on the entire gun running program that the ATF and the FBI were, were, were doing and for how long it was going and Dude, they had you like know, the entire scope of it. Shit. Dude, and that's yeah. just like what we know. So for people who don't know... This was a huge scandal during the that came out during the Obama admin, and there were big congressional hearings about it, although it didn't really go very far, as I just said. But it came to light after, um, I think it was like an agent was killed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like... With one of the weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was basically like they found out that, all, that a bunch of the cartels, drug cartels, had American weapons <laughs> and guns. <laughs> and they were like, where the fuck did they get these? Turns out ATF was doing what they called gun walk, a gun walking program where they followed, they basically let, I mean, okay, this is what they say. They say that what they were doing is that they allowed a bunch of illegal arms sales to happen to the drug cartels uh, from America in order for them to keep tabs on them. Which is as ridiculous as it fucking sounds, considering how much we know about the U.S.'s involvement in continuing the drug wars and the drug trade in, you know, Central America. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's so I, I Liz, I, you and I have argued extensively about the theory that that Paddock himself was running guns, and where I kind of take. Uh, issue with it is that if you look at the guns that the ATF and FBI, you know, uh, basically sold to the gave to the cartels, um, they're Wasser, like they're they're Romanian AKs mostly. I don't have a full list of exactly what they are, but so the U.S. tends to actually buy up stocks of weapons from Romania, Czech Czech Republic. I will not never call it Czechia. I will never call it that, but Czechia. Uh, and Eastern Europe, and they, we tend to we tend to get those guns out there. Although I think the Romanian ones, uh, or I think the, rather the, the the AKs, were purchased at uh, American gun shops. But I've been looking into Fast and Furious stuff in a while. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole. But that's the whole thing is that they were purposely. I mean, that's why it was such a scandal. Is that it was they were they were running American weapons down there, like from licensed dealers. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like tracking licensed dealers here there. So. I mean, I think the theory is that because of the timing of when this happened and also because, I mean, you know, look, you've got a lot of the anti-Obama people really, like, latching onto some of this stuff. You know, we mentioned the Loomer and, like, Chan stuff. Um, But one of the things is he had so many fucking guns. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Dude, he had had a lot of guns. And he had way more than were in the hotel room, too. He had a bunch at home. But he had like, okay, dude, what? what's the deal with that? There's so many. So that's the thing that I like, okay, I don't know a lot about guns, right? Yeah. I don't know anything about guns. But like, 
I get that the idea was okay. We don't need to. I don't need to reload it. I can just like keep using guns. Yeah, which is not a bad idea, dude. That's crazy. Well, I mean, if you think about, so if you look at, so all right, during and the aftermath of the shooting, there was, and I, I admit that I have gone back and forth on this, although now I'm firmly on this. It was not a light machine gun, but a lot of people thought that Paddock mm. was using a light machine gun to, to fire because yeah. of the rate of Even fire. Even the brother was so referred high. to it as a machine gun. Yeah, but but people refer to assault rifles. As machine guns, I mean, people even get mad at you for referring to them as assault rifles. But people refer to like AR platform rifles as machine guns all the time because the terminology isn't exactly seeped in there. Um, but uh, but but I think Paddock was using semi-automatic rifles with uh, with bump stocks. I just think most people weren't really familiar with bump stocks. I mean, if you listen to the videos, the rate of fire is pretty astounding. It's like it's insane, yeah, yeah. And like, I have shot a light machine gun, um, and to me, it's like they do sound pretty similar. But you can hear some of uh, you can hear him kind of like falter and get tired at the end too. Which like, you got the light machine gun, you kind of just fucking you got it hooked up there. You can kind of just use it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing he is, was out of spoons. He, yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and <laughs> again, remember they the the NRA Disability Caucus just did not <laughs> had a bad day. Um, but my other thing too is that like if he was running guns, you can legally buy light machine guns with a certain type of license uh, and like paperwork and stuff. It's very expensive, but you can do. There's California legal light machine guns, single shot ones with the stupid fucking flippers. They're nine thousand dollars. They sell them on the stupid gun website. I look at sometimes. Um, and so I, I don't know why they would have taken that out of the picture. If you do look though, I mean, this guy has like $2,500 fucking rifles. I mean, some of these things are really Yeah, they're really expensive. crazy. And there are some interesting emails between him and Mary Lou Danley that were dredged up by the FBI where yeah. they're basically just emailing each other back and forth what sound like taglines for a business. Yeah, yeah. It definitely sounds like taglines for it. Because it literally more, says, try a bump stock. Try a bump stock for a new experience, I think, is the email. And like that's just the email you're sending to your girlfriend. Your girlfriend um, wife. Your girlfriend wife, yeah. <laughs> um, and some of the guns had no optics. Uh, and not, not, not no optics. No iron sights even and no optics. I mean, it's – it's. but he had a lot. There's lists out there. Oh, um but I just don't, I don't buy the I don't it buy the gun like, running. Okay, thing. so what about when they Mary Lou Danley was like, "Oh, you're gonna find some your my fingerprints on yes some of the bullets because I helped load the gun." Yeah, and it's well, like, what? Aren't you in the Philippines? I know. Well, she could. You know, I mean, Liz, listen, baby. Maybe you've never had a little a little lover's delight afternoon where you just make <laughs> your wife girlfriend load hundreds of AR-15 <laughs> round magazines and put them in a box and then you put on a plane. Maybe you've never done that, but... Here's the thing. Okay, so this is my suspicion based on that woman from <laughs> New Zealand who said that she slept with Stephen Paddock. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Women be fucking shopping. If your thing to get famous is, yeah, I fucked Steven Paddock and he shot up the fucking Route 91 Harvest Festival because of me. I'm sorry. You need to fucking stop listening to Red Scare, whatever you fucking do that made you this way, immediately. <laughs> or just keep your name out of the papers. You know Your I mean? name isn't even in the papers. She's just lying about it for just, for, she even got arrested. 
Well, she did post some text messages. Well, which is not okay to do. (laughs) (laughs) So my weird, okay, so my weird theory is that girlfriend, wife, Mary Lou, Mm -hmm. and Stephen Paddock, I don't think that she was his handler, although I do enjoy that theory. Mm-hmm. It's a um, but that they were in a loveless relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they were no longer, they were more business partners than partners in life, if you know mm. what I'm saying. Yeah. So tragic. Mm, he, you know, he clearly was going elsewhere. The girl in New Zealand, she in the Philippines, taking her money. But as evidenced by the numerous emails back and forth between the two that are in the police report. Um, They still had a business to take care of. And that business was selling guns and, you know, maybe skimming off the top of weird real estate deals and whatever they were fucking doing in the casinos. I don't think it was just gambling, to be honest. Um, So I think that that's kind of like, okay, she was involved because she knew, like, the relationship had been, was over, it had been over for a long time. She's like, great, 50K, that's my cut, 100K, that's my cut, I'm chilling in the Philippines, setting up my family, it's great, you know, he's taking care of this big deal, something goes wrong. Now, my point about the gambling, I do want to mention, because a lot has been made about uh, a lot of hay has been made. Sorry, I want to say a lot of hay has been made. <laughs> much hay, much has much to do has been made. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. That anyway, makes sense. Many, much, all, every has been made about his gambling, but <laughs> it's like not a lot of gambling. I gotta say, and I think that's what's interesting is Steve Wynn came out about a week after. The shooting happened. Now, Steve the guy Wynn, from the Dream Syndicate? <laughs> no. <laughs> Steve uh, Epic Wynn. Big, mega, mega... The real estate fucking I don't know what to call guy. him. I mean... One of the most yeah. handsome men in America, I yeah. think we yeah. do, Liz. Um, Mr. Beautiful. No, he's owner of the Wynn Casinos and whatever the other Wynn properties Great are. Great name he's for fucking, a casino. Yeah, massive, <laughs> massive casino boss. Um... And I sh- it should be said that, okay, when there, you know, this is opposite MGM, right? So he's no friend to MGM. But he did come out and say, and he was like, all of my staff has always known, like, Stephen Paddock. He's been coming to the hotels for 11 years. Everyone knew him. Like, the staff knew him. The, like, casino, the pit guys knew him. The fucking cocktail waitresses knew him. The uh, you know valet guys knew him. He's always seemed nice, rational, and he makes a really interesting point where he says like, "Yeah, okay, he was gambling, but he was playing video poker. That's not like high stakes. That's not crazy. He wasn't really gambling with a lot of money by Vegas standards. He didn't owe anybody any money." And that to yeah. me, when Steve Wynn said that, I was like, "Oh, something clicked," because like basically, you know. People have been theorizing that, oh, he had all this money from his real estate deals and then he got into gambling and he lost all of it and something snapped. He just snapped. But, like, it doesn't really make sense to me because he had just been steadily gambling 
on and off for 11 years. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he just suddenly started losing a bunch of money and, like, you know, he, like, lost his shit and decided to shoot everything up. Like, everything he did was really methodical and very, like, balanced and very, like, well thought out and planned, including the way he, like, gambled and stayed in Vegas, you know? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that it, it, that's that's I, part of me thinks that like that they're just searching for any kind of motive that they can, mm. right? Even though they basically have said at all, all accounts like you know that we can't figure one out. Um, but but I was reading. I'm trying to find it in the notes right now. I was reading from the from the final police report that the Las Vegas uh, LVMPD did. Said a financial analysis was completed on Paddock and revealed a large decrease in financial liquidity. Investigators found 14 bank accounts associated with Paddock in September 2015. His bank accounts totaled just under two mil two million. I don't know why I pronounce it like that. 100,000. By contrast, in September 2017, the amount in the accounts dropped to just 530,000, with most of the decline occurring in 2017. Over 600,000 was paid to casinos, approximately 130 was associated with Danley, and over 170,000 was paid to credit card companies. Paddock made almost $95,000 in firearms and gun related purchases. One of the last checks Paddock wrote was to the IRS for over $13,000. And so. I like okay yes you lost a million and a half dollars but like you still had five hundred and thirty thousand dollars and then you spent ninety five thousand dollars on guns it's not like he just bought them in the month before the shooting this was like a two year year and a half thing yeah no he was like collecting these guns for a long time and so it's like he's not like poor now like the fucking casinos didn't like take all of his money um, and so it's that that motive makes no sense to me. The movie, the documentary came out, um, they posit, basically the whole idea is that they they kind of like strangely, it's kind of got that like kind of populist, um, you know, tinge to it where it's like, yeah, the guy hates the Las Vegas police. It's kind of cool. You know, fair enough. He made another documentary about it. Yeah. 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 But it's like very like, oh, say what you will when the mob run it, but they at least had, you know, loyalty. A little class. Yeah. They had a little class in this town, but the corporations are soulless. They they just have swag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and you know, to some degree he's probably right. Although I don't know, uh, (laughs) not sure you should, you know, uh, I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't uh, want to take on the Las Vegas mob, but um, I, I mean, I, I. It is kind of interesting. So basically, what they say is, um, so he was losing this money, but what he was really pissed about was just the way the casinos were taking it. It was like suddenly he had to pay for rooms. He wasn't getting stuff comped. Suddenly, you know, they used to be so nice to him, but then the corporations take over, and like they aren't like covering as much, or he has to like. You know, he shows up and he doesn't have hotel rooms. It all seems very petty to me, though. Yeah, it seems too petty for Paddock. Yeah, it just... Mm, I'm not biting <laughs> on that one. I know. And that's the thing with all of these. It's like... I mean, we've cycled through probably about, you know, 20 fucking theories tonight. and uh, Most of the major ones. And, like, all of them make, like, a certain percentage of sense. And then mm. you kind of run out of runway. And, like, that's that's, like... I know you like that one. I um, cute. Yeah, off the top of my head too. That's pretty good. Every single other thing I say in every single other episode, I plan out beforehand and write it in my phone, so you can't tell that I'm reading off of something. But this, no. I can um, always tell you're reading. I never read off of stuff when we do this. Uh, the thing is, is that is that like 
and I don't know how to explain this without sounding insane, is, is, is with the Paddock stuff is there's all these theories, there's all these motivations that it could be, and none of them are fully fleshed out enough to make a little golem of truth or anything like mm. that. But it's the confluence of all of these different, like we were saying at the start of the episode, it's like all of these different, and I hate to be so fucking contrite about that, or not contrite, but trite, just regular trite about this. But it's this very American thing, everything from the aerospace stuff to the comp sushi, you know, to the fucking, you know, guy with who is unaccountably rich with his planes and, and you know, acting like a child at 60 something. It's it, 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 all of that like comes together to make a whole, but it's like I can't observe. I can look in the hole, but I can't see what the light, like anything in the light. Does that make any sense? Mm. And so that's like the, the, the paddock thing is like, I, I, I assume people are probably listening to this being like, they fucking solve the paddock case. It's like, no, like, I don't think it is solvable in some way. I mean, everything is, but like it, 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 from what we have, it's like, there's just, there, there's something there, but I can't see it. Mm. I can't like grasp it. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. I think that, like, yeah, it, a bunch of different things presented themselves, and everyone kind of dipped their toes in those little things, but then it yeah. doesn't actually ever, like, there's no there's no actual full picture. There's no there's no story. Um, and I think that is what is so maddening about, about the whole thing. Maybe why, like, so many people have been asking for an episode about it. Because there's no I, note, either. I mean, yeah. you didn't leave a fucking note. There's no fucking note. There's just some calculations. And like, and we have all this other stuff, you know, I mean, there's stuff we couldn't even get into on this, like all, all, like all the, you know, people basically reporting shots fired elsewhere in Vegas that night, you know, and like, it's this like, I mean, ISIS got in on it, like Laura Loomer's there, QAnon, like everything. It's like a fucking, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's like when you put one of each little bit of soda into a fucking thing and you drink yeah. it and it tastes gross but you can't figure out what gross it tastes like it's really unsatisfying to be honest and like i will say we have spent a lot of time reading this like we've probably spent too much time reading this because i think that we kind of like went over things so much that we've probably failed to explain some things which i apologize for if that's happened but like do you know what i mean like we spent so much time reading yeah. it that we're kind of just like trying to kind of like rush through it to get to the heart of it but like i um like i was fucking staying up until 3 a.m it's been a really long time since there was a case that got me to stay up that late when looking this is at the body q youtube videos you this is the body mean? without organs <laughs> yeah no I, I i having gone through all of this and having like you know, I was reading things here and there that I was getting from Daddy that I some things that I had had before and like now having done this, I feel like I know more than when I started the process, but I still have no theory. Yeah. Which is insane. 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 I, I don't even there's that's exactly it where it's like, yeah, it's 2 ounces of every type of soda. There's like two ounces of the Air Force conspiracy, but not enough for me to fully taste it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like the gun thing, like a little bit, but then it's like, and then the fact that there's all these different two-inch layers all around, it it, it they all sort of cancel each other out in this way. Yeah, yeah. This is the weirdest fucking one yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's, I don't, it's baffling. 
I would, you know, to bring it back to gambling, to tie it together. If I had to gamble, will we know what this was? No, I no, don't. No, no, I don't. No, no. Two ounces of every soda, it's a fucking suicide. And so that's why, to me, is the culprit that we can really blame. Because we take all these different things. We take ISIS, we take fucking QAnon, we take fucking, you know, uh, Area fucking 51, we take Big and Rich, Jason fucking Aldean, we take goddamn Sheldon Adelson and fucking MGM, we take gambling, we take a fucking man who's worked at the you know, de- defense contractors, we take guns... You know, we take mass shootings and you mix them all together and you get America the whore. And she spreads her legs and that's when the Vegas shooting emerges. Stephen Paddock was a new great one being birthed that night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Midwife yes. through the universe. God, I mean, I, I guess all we can say, right, is like if you work for Majestic 12 – or you're like your professional managerial class at Area 51 or Janet. <laughs> just tell just tell us like the broad strokes because this is driving me insane. Yeah, I won't even, I won't even say it on the podcast. Like yeah. just tell me. I won't me. tell anyone. I, I literally will say won't, it on the podcast. I'll help you do it again. No, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll work for the deep state. Yeah. I'll do a podcast that's only for people in the deep state. That's really fun. Before we log off, can we real quick, real quick, <laughs> real quick, we're going to do Liz's lightning round, fun facts, crazy conspiracy zone, which I just decided is a thing. Do you want me to help you with this? Do you want me to do the lightning? Yeah. Maybe get a little theme music. Dude, that's worse than your, like, casino noise. (laughs) What? That's lightning. Okay, so, fun facts. This is all true, by the way. (sighs) Number one. And this is, this one, (laughs) this hits with the bullet. George Soros shorted MGM. (laughs) (laughs) Between June 30th and August 14th, he bought... (laughs) 42.24 million dollars worth of puts. So he was betting against MGM, which of course suffered a massive stock sell-off after the Las Vegas shooting. I have a fucking bottle of Windex. I just want to shoot it in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, man. I got to say that now, to be fair to Mr. Soros. As always. Mm Mm-hmm. And his, of course, his friends in the Daily Beast. Yeah, $42.24 million is only about 1% of his total portfolio. (laughs) That's still a lot. 1% is a lot. Yeah, but but if you totally knew that this crazy shooting was going to happen, wouldn't you bet more? Yeah, okay. Well, you know. uh, I don't know. Like, maybe you don't want people to be like... Hey, why did you short like the entire market cap of MGM? I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing is like because now it gets mentioned like hour four of the Truanon Mandalay Bay episode really, instead of hour someone, one. Someone's gonna be like, I can't believe we buried the Soros connection. Yeah, I still want to. Well, we did ISIS I asked for before. a favor to do yeah. this episode. Yeah. Okay, so that's like one of my favorites. So the other thing that's very weird is that um, a bunch of survivors. I think it's about eight ha- who 
who claimed that they saw multiple shooters have all died very strange deaths post the Las Vegas shooting. Including one getting shot in, in like, left in a warehouse. Yeah. So one married couple, Lorraine and Dennis Carver, they actually, I do not believe that they have publicly, they publicly ever said anything about multiple shooters, to be fair. But they uh, died in a car crash, a car wreck. Their car exploded and um they say from an accident the daughter says she heard a loud they just drove off the road and the car exploded i know this one yeah so the thing that's very strange is it took the firefighters about an hour to put the car fire out now firefighters are lazy yeah they're bums (laughs) little gumshoes on the internet say that it was because the car was exploded by cia thermite guns Thermite guns? Actually, I think it was grenades. Thermite yeah. grenades. I've I've used a thermite grenade. So, and that's why it would take so long for the car fire to go out. I that's don't know so about strange. that one. Because when I used thermite, it just melted through something. Steel beams. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I was, it was when I was, when I was working as a uh, construction worker in, in my New York period. Um, but yeah, Kimberly... some of the deaths are really, and also, dude, I, I've always thought about this. How much would it fucking suck to die after surviving a mass shooting? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of those little rhymes. It's very, I was also very been like people who've been weird. in like three mass shootings in America. Yeah, too, totally. That's like um, fucking Abe Lincoln's kid, Robert Todd Lincoln. He what was at every like presidential assassination. Really? That NPR girl wrote a whole book about it. I'm not reading that. Can't yeah, you well, just tell me which ones he was at? Well, all the ones after Lincoln. I don't know all of them. Okay. Well, that's another podcast. Kimberly Sukamel, she died just five days after she posted her events, version of events, to Facebook. Um, Kimberly's grandmother said that she suffered epilepsy and that she died in her sleep. Um which is very tragic. She shared this Facebook post. I have been watching the news nonstop since I arrived back home to my family, and it just doesn't make sense. That's I will say that is, regardless of what you guys think happened, that is a common refrain among survivors of the shooting, that none of the media coverage makes sense and none of the stories that they're being told about what happened, uh, like, jive with any of their, like, experiences. So, okay. Regardless of whether or not they say anything vocally about multiple shooters or whatever. Um, And it just doesn't make sense. The story that they are feeding everyone doesn't add up to our eyewitness accounts. There's something wrong with what they are saying, and the evidence seems fake, if you ask me. There are multiple people stating that there was a lady toward the beginning of the evening, and this we have heard about multiple times, a lady towards the beginning of the evening who had made her way up to the stage warning people that we were all going to die. Her and her boyfriend were escorted off the premises. Why has she not been mentioned by authorities? Every single survivor I have talked to also remembers multiple shooters and at least one from the ground. Why aren't we being taken more seriously? Tons of things don't add up. And then after she died, her friend um, on Facebook posted a bunch of messages, which Kimberly had like given her permission before um but one of the things she said is like there's so much more that happened that i didn't mention too i've been writing it all down so i don't get swayed by media and the authorities um so she died shortly after posting that little gumshoes little pepes whatever they are on the internet um they believe that i've seen it floated that it was a uh 
what psychotropic weapon that was used against her sorry are you saying like a brain gun excuse me psychotronic would be um which would be a kind of remote control of the human nervous system which i think that there's been there's been articles about some of the technology that um well of we course may, the cubans know. used it against the <laughs> against the embassy yeah um there's another guy danny contreras he was 35 years old and um he actually had a couple like viral ish tweets during the shooting i think he had like you know it's like a hundred some odd likes that was like i can't believe i got out of the concert alive two men chasing me with guns um huh. he was found dead in a vacant las vegas home with multiple gunshot wounds it was and it was ruled a homicide by the Las Vegas police. They say it was possible that it was related to gang activity given um a bunch of tattoos that he had, but also most likely narcotics. But the neighbors said they didn't hear any gunshots, which is interesting. Hmm. I mean, it, you know, eight people out of twenty two thousand dying is definitely, you know, not great numbers for the festival. Could be it's like another one of those things where it's like yeah, like, I get it, but also, like, maybe not. You know, like, there's nothing that fucking, like, sticks its knife in me like I wish it would, you know? Yeah. yeah. They're just, if you could have, like, one ounce more of soda in any one of the yeah. parts of the drink. I just, like, like, that hard drive. What's in that hard drive? They found child porn on his computer. Oh, we that, we did, there's so much shit. Yeah, they fucking yeah. found child porn on his computer. Why would he bring his child porn computer to the shootout? Maybe and he won. Maybe he. That's like when you win at video poker. That's what you. Then they give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> Sheldon yeah. Nielsen gives you it, dude. Here, well, someone fucking gave it to him. I'll tell you that. He just he just like pulls a USB drive out of like his out of the computer they hook into his heart. Here you go. <laughs> the thing that is interesting is that the brother seems to think that the missing hard drive was that tax he, info was well that or that pat that paddock destroyed the hard drive yeah yeah i mean it, it's strange. i just assume the cops like that's something that's missing the wait scene. but didn't there was another weird thing with this where they said they said there was child porn on it but also that there wasn't a hard drive yeah 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 that that was I found that odd too because they said the hard drive is missing, but the computer. Felix, you've probably built several high end gaming PCs. Is that possible? I actually don't know. I was trying to figure this out before this episode, and I think there probably must be a way to like Move I don't from know BIOS I, to find <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you, you go into Bonzi Buddy. Hey, is there anything weird on this computer? <laughs> Bonzi Buddy lives in the monitor, not the hard drive, so you yeah. can ask him. No, I, I'm one of my my friend uh, Nick, not Nick Mullen, uh, is a very smart. I have computer. to specify. That. <laughs> well, Nick Mullen's very smart, but not um, he's not as much of a computer expert as this other guy, Nick. Uh, he might know, but oh, it Nick. Is, yeah, yeah, you Tarkov. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah, should ask should, him. Yeah, I'll ask yeah. him after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He helped fix my computer. Yeah, Nick's very smart, but uh, and very helpful with computer stuff. But I like probably I want to say like yeah. pr probably, but it is it's so fucking weird that the hard drive was gone was because uh, what i mean who brings a computer without a hard drive you know and he was using it he was using it because he was using it to look was through, it the, a through the computer? fucking 
maybe a second computer i don't know because he had and we didn't even mention this but he had a bunch of shit in him with him in the fucking the room a lot of it it just makes sense like binoculars fucking sledgehammer all that kind of stuff also had a laptop computer no so okay he did laptop computer and a disassembled laptop computer missing a hard drive so he did actually have two computers but why would he have the disassembled one with him i don't fucking know i don't know there was also a note there was one note there that said unplug phones yes yeah yeah and then there was one with uh with um with distances that he he you know for for shooting um yeah it very very fucking weird i mean he he might have also had another one i can't tell it's like a couple of different pictures but why bring it also all the drawers were open in the second room did you notice that no all the drawers of the dresser in the second room that he was shooting out of allegedly Jesus. Um, were open. And I was trying to figure out if that happened because of the explosion, like it pushed, but it was only like the top four, but it, it's very weird that they would be, I mean, it makes no sense. Um, yeah. So that I found, I found that very strange. There's a bunch of, you know, the cell phones that makes me think there's, there were more people. Yeah, there. I mean, but also like a certain kind of guy for some reason owns a bunch of cell phones. I've hung out with guys like that. I don't know why. Seven? They had seven not cell seven. phones? Not seven. I mean, I don't know. I'm seven, not in their house, in, you know, but like three insane. active ones on them. Guys who like to be like, I got a lot of money for some reason, carry like a th- th- stick. Yeah, because they're doing fucking... illegal shit, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not doing funny. illegal shit. I'm okay, just saying in, guys do that. In the interview with Bruce, the really crazy one. Yeah. He does say when the guy's like questioning about the cell phones, he's like, yeah, how many drug dealers have you met that have multiple cell phones? And it's like, wait, what are you admitting yeah. that your brother was, was trying? Yeah, it's very, <laughs> the, I got to say, the Bruce Paddock interview, we'll link to it. Although, to uh, be clear, yeah. do not go sign the guy's opinions or other episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the Pat, the Bruce Paddock interview is fascinating. Um, and it's while he's awaiting trial for uh, for. Uh, for child pornography himself and what are the fucking odds of two brothers in the same family liking child pornography i mean i mean there's fucking four kids that's 50 percent of them give me a break yeah you usually don't get that high of a rate outside of the uk yeah exactly where it's almost totality yeah 80 percent and up but yeah no i the only way we'll get even another pinch of soda is if a deep state employee is like, hey, yeah. guys, like, hey, do another Wonder Woman episode. I'll yeah. tell you. And it's like, yeah. Absolutely. Fine. Here's the thing. I'm going to give out Felix's personal f- cell phone number mm-hmm. um, in the show notes. And if one you of do his work three for the deep cell state, phone numbers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one that he yeah. uses to DM girls on Instagram when they turn 18. Like, hey, that's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually went to school with the Strokes. (laughs) (laughs) They were so sick, even then. (laughs) All right, we gotta cut it. I gotta eat dinner. (laughs) Oh my god, you guys! I feel bad because we didn't solve the case. Yeah, yeah. Th- this case can't be solved. But I feel good because we recorded the longest podcast episode in human history. That we was did. so. I wonder if people are still listening. Hello, are you still listening to this? 
All right, guys. So what really happened? Is- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for True Non Truth Radio, my name is Brace. I'm Felix Biederman, and I am plugging. Time for my stories with me and Matt Chrisman on Stitcher. It's the only podcast ever about TV shows. <laughs> I'm Liz. We are still joined by producer Young Chomsky. Although he's shrouded in darkness now. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.